The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're in the marketplace of liberty. The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Chris X on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, good morning. Welcome to the Conservative Cartel. Matt Locke here, your voice of liberty, alongside of Chris X, my sidekick. And you are listening to the Conservative Cartel. We are live. Day three from CPAC. We are not in the Nine Line Apparel studios today. And by the way, great, great show lined up for you today. So we have the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline turned off. We've got a great show planned for you. Uh, Philip Haney. Kaya Jones, Alan Chesser, all in the first hour today. We've got Trevor Loudon joining us, Scott Husing, author, Sydney Powell, all out, all throughout the, the next three hours. It is going yeah. to be an explosion of conservative voices. Good morning, Chris. Well, good morning, Matt. And we're, we're right here beside each other and, and live on the Blaze. Weird. Look, when I do this now, I can actually touch him. It's weird. And we are live on the Blaze Radio Network, by the way. Thank you for joining us. We certainly appreciate that. But uh, day three of CPAC, I mean, Chris, our first CPAC, it's been a fantastic time. It's been a whirlwind. It's been a lot of fun, and we're having a good time, to, to say the least. We're glad to be here you know, on behalf of the Blaze, of course, with today's radio program. we got three hours today, yes. not just two kids. we got three hours. We're going, as, as he was mentioning, some of the fantastic guests, Kaya Jones, Maria Espinosa with yes. the Remembrance Project, somebody I'm a big fan of. She works very hard. Just All of these people work very hard. Yes. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to wrap things up here because we've had two full days of like conferences, speeches. There, meetings. There's been meetings, Matt's met with everyone in the world. I've been hiding under a table, so that's the only reason why I still have a voice. Exactly. The voices are a little rough this morning. I was listening to uh, Matt Schlapp and Eric Bowling this morning, and I'll tell you, their voices are gone. Did Matt get slapped in the face with it? Is I did not happened? get slapped in the face with it. Uh, okay. But we met, I met Matt Schlapp the first night, got to meet Sean Hannity. I mean, this has been yeah, cool. just a whirlwind of, of fantastic conservative voices. And, of course, you got to sneak in yesterday and watch a little bit of President Trump's speech. Believe me, I was hanging with the Trumpster. It was great. It was terrific and, and, and fantastic. And if we have a little, huge. if we have a little bit of time today, which we have, we have guests lined up solid for the next three hours. We'll talk a little bit about the speech. Yeah, I, one of the things uh, you guys who follow me on Facebook, and I, uh, I can't remember if I posted on the Conservative Cartel page or not, but I got in and got a little video of the president speaking yesterday, and I just did a little short video, a little snippet, and I shot a picture of that. If you follow me on Facebook, if you haven't seen it, Chris X, you can get that. Should be over on the Liberty Eagle page as well. In fact, you guys watching on the Liberty Eagle, you guys watching on the Conservative of cartel page you guys share the video this is our last day live from cpac so it's it's been a full day it's been a lot of fun and we got a full day to go well and let's give a shout out while we're here talkamericaradio.us there you go we, we appreciate you following us there uh the conservative cartel facebook page the liberty eagle facebook page blaze.com for those me. of you who have found us on the political cowboy right wing news the blaze uh, facebook page we, 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 we've shared to all of those, so welcome in this Saturday morning. We've got a ride for you. It's fantastic. Now, you can get the cartel on the go, by the way. You can go to Spreaker.com. You can go to iTunes, iHeart, and, of course, tune in so you can find us on the go. But uh, I'll tell you what, Chris, 
the media has lost their mind. We came back from dinner last night, and uh, you made a comment about, uh, what was it, uh, safety of projectors or? Well, and I posted at my page, assault, Chris X. Assault projectors. Assault projectors. Uh, we filed, finally found a protester, and you've probably seen it by now, but as we were coming back from dinner, we're walking back and shining up on the hotel here, the Gaylord in, in Maryland, there was somebody put, uh, dreamers need protection yes which was and i was waiting for it was a sponsor by trojan it wasn't apparently <laughs> but they had projected this up so i snapped a picture and then put it online and somebody went and did that and you can check that out chris x on facebook as well uh but it's so funny because that's the only protester i've seen i heard there was a protester that i tried to interrupt through, trump yesterday through a russian flag is that what at, it was at trump i read it last night some protester uh came into trump's speech yesterday threw a Russian flag on the stage. He was uh, immediately apprehended and removed from the venue. Was he trying to hit Hillary with it? Uh, you, it? <laughs> you know. Was, there, uh, was it something to say Uranium One on the back of that, it? That's a great question. because as Fusion we, GPS? As we look at this whole deal and as, as we uh, talk to people here and as we've had guests all week long, well, uh, since Wednesday, yeah. you know, the collusion isn't on the conservative side. They're still investigating. Well, uh, and they're going to continue to investigate forever. Yeah, we, we've talked about this on several shows. Is there an end date to this Mueller witch hunt? Well, the, now they've indicted how many people, right? Nobody, mm. no, 13 Russians that had zero connection to the Trump campaign or anyone involved. Yeah. And then now they've indicted some other people, but they're, they're getting them on like bank fraud and these other things. Sounds like an investigation in search of a crime to me. Well, the funny thing I found with Manafort, which you and I were talking about yesterday, is they actually found that he lied about income to get a loan. Do we, do we know another story like that? Mm, I've never heard such a story. Not Bernie Sanders Not, or his wife. Or his wife or, or a college or no income colleges, they had no. and money they borrowed and, and then the college went under and bank fraud. Where's that story? You know what? I'll say this. I haven't seen one I'm with Bernie here today. Not a single one. Uh, I will tell you this. When I was in watching the president's speech yesterday, it was that is the most packed up. And I don't know how many people it holds, but it yeah. was. you'll see from the video if you go check it out, because I, I did a pan and the entire crowd, it was jam packed. He had the entire crowd in the palm of his hand. And while watching him there, now I understand he connects with people. The, if anyone had any doubts about, quote, his conservatism or if he's won over conservatives at CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference, it was jam packed for the president, Donald Trump. I don't think there's any doubting, quote, his conservatism at this point. And here's the other thing. We were talking about this off the air. There was a lot of young faces in there, a lot of kids. That's been the amazing thing about CPAC. We were talking at dinner last night, and I will bet you if, if we had to, uh, to take a guess, there were as many young people at CPAC this year as there were older people our age, 40, 50, 60 years old. I mean, you look at the conservative party, and, and you think of older people. You think of established people. You think of conservatives you know, who are upper middle class, middle class. But there are a lot of young people running around. We had some fantastic guests oh, yeah. from Campus Reform. I mean, these young, these young people are doing such great work for the conservative movement. And it, it is absolutely encouraging oh, absolutely. To, to see how the youth movement is coming because you don't see this from, from the mainstream media. Well, and that's the other thing, too. The, the left is always talking about diversity. We need diversity. The crowd here has been as diverse as any crowd I've seen in a long time. We've got some older people that are the, the, what you think of as, as traditional Republicans, right. conservatives. We've got a tremendous amount of young people, African-Americans, Hispanics, Asians, Middle East, you name it. You name it. We've got everything here. And the amazing thing is 
man, every one of them seems to love them some Trump. Oh, yeah. It's incredible. I mean, it, you, you said this last night, which, which really hit home to me. Last year when Trump spoke, everybody was kind of like, we don't know about this guy. We don't know what's going to happen. We know he's here. It's Donald Trump. He's a celebrity. You know, we'll go watch him. This year, it's like Trump, Trump. I mean, it's boom. It's in your face. They know he's your. Pre- they know that he's the president, and they loved him. And I'm telling you, he spoke for an hour and twenty minutes. Yeah. But, and, and they couldn't get enough. Now that we've had a year now of conservatism, lower taxes, yes. uh, deregulation, all of these things, killing that stupid Obamacare mandate, all of these things he's done. He's working. The economy's doing better. The stock market. He's doing all the things he said he was going to do. So there's that. It was great. When I happened to go in to watch him yesterday, right when I went into the room, I was watching a little bit. He goes into, I'm going to go off script for a while. Right. I'm going to get off script. And everybody loved it. Oh, yeah. And he Look, the thing with Trump that makes him so good is he relates to people. The left Absolutely. wants to tell you he talks in a fourth grade level, you know, you know, oh. speech. But he he, he just he he so relates to the average American. And it's probably one of his greatest strengths. The guy's a billionaire. Yeah. And, and he relates to the common person. And, and in that aspect, he has become just a an, an icon. To these folks. I mean, they just can't get enough of him. And look, I'll tell you what, I am pleasantly surprised at what he has done as president uh, of the United States. If the next six years, seven years, years. or anything like this first year, and you, after seeing what I saw yesterday, it's if things continue to go in the direction they're going in, anyone is going to have no chance against beating this guy. No, I mean, there won't be a shot in the dark. I mean, because one, he's a rock star, which is what they always want. He's got the name recognition. He's popular. He's funny. He, he engages people. And if the economy continues to go, if he continues to deregulate and business booms, the, I'm telling you, there's no one that's going to be able to stop this guy, For, especially considering the look from the left right now. Do they have anyone? Nothing. Bernie or Hillary? Yeah, we, we discussed this the other day. They have no bench. They have no message. They have no money. They're just blowing in the wind, and they're just waiting for someone to come along and pick up the reins of their party because they don't have a clue. Maybe John Kasich, Meat Sweats, <laughs> will move over to the other side Yeah, because he might as well be a Democrat at this point. Oh. He says he's going to try to go beat him in the primary. Oh, that'll be fun. Oddly enough... A conservative like John Kasich, not here at CPAC. What are the odds of that? Yeah, and it's amazing. And I'll tell you what's also amazing. The only person I saw here that was any kind of a representative or whatnot was Kelly Ward. Oh, yeah, yeah. Set, running for Senate out in Arizona. You see, I've seen hardly any. I mean, they've been speaking in here, but I've not seen any of them walking around. So, look, hang tight. On the other side, we're going to be right back. Take a quick break. The conservative cartel live at CPAC. We'll be right back. Conservative Cartel on the Blaze Radio Network. Now, here's Matt Locke and Chris Axe. Welcome back to the Conservative Cartel. I'm Chris Axe, along with Matt Locke, my hard rocking amigo. We are live from CPAC here on the Blaze, theblaze.com. We're all over the place. The Facebook, I like to call it the Facebook. 
The Facebook? Yeah, that's what they originally wanted to call it. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, they wanted to call it The Facebook. We're on the Conservative Cartel Facebook page. Of course, the Liberty Eagle. We've got all kinds of avenues. And also, man, we're here live at CPAC. This is the final day of CPAC, and it's been an action-packed two days, hasn't it? Yeah, I'm tired. I, 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 I'm tired. I can tell you my voice very seldom wears out, but it's starting to wear out. I have talked to a million people. It's been... Did we lose it? We seem to be... There okay, he is. We okay, go. we're back on. See how that works when, when you're over in, where are we at? We're National Harbor. National Harbor, Maryland. Maryland. We're just south of D.C. <laughs> and and so. we've got our producer screaming in our ear, where are you? <laughs> oh, here we are. Here we are, but we're back. Welcome to the Conservative Cartel on the Blaze Radio Network. Chris X, Matt Locke. But we were just talking about CPAC. I, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's incredible. It's day three. We, we've met, I, I mean, literally, I, I cannot count the number of people I have talked to there's just so many conservatives here, young, old, middle-aged like myself. It is fantastic to watch how Trump has energized this party. That speech yesterday was pretty incredible. That room was packed. And he, and once again, he, he goes off prompter, something our last president didn't do so much. <laughs> uh, no, and you know, it was, you know, the amazing thing about that whole deal is, is Barack Obama was a, a, a charmer. He yeah. he was a good speaker. He could. Could speak. we say a snake charmer? Uh, well, Trump <laughs> did pull out the snake poem yesterday, oh, yes, which did. set the left to Twitter, Twitter triggering. Uh, yeah, triggering. But you know, look, the guy was a charmer. He could speak via a teleprompter, you know, but had zero substance behind it. And, and they make fun of Donald Trump, and I mean, they the left has has made fun of Donald Trump about how he speaks at a fourth grade level, but he's so he's so in tune with what is currently going on in this country. Honestly, I don't care if he speaks at a first grade level or no. kindergarten level. If he continues to lower our taxes, business keeps roaring, bringing jobs and money back into our country, got rid of the Obamacare mandate, continues yeah. to go with that route, you know what? He, he doesn't even have to speak. I don't care what he says. No, and, and that's exactly right. It's fantastic. He knows it. Went off teleprompter, had the crowd eating out of his hand. Rush Limbaugh wrote a, uh, talked about it the other day. It's just the guy is exactly what is needed right now for a revitalization of the conservative party, and we've seen it all this all the late, the end of this week here at CPAC. I mean, people are charged up, fired up, but uh, dude, we've got to get to some. We've got to get to this deal in Parkland, Florida, which is just taking all of the air out of the room. Yeah, you know, it's it's gun control everywhere now. Yeah. That's where we're seeing these companies that are trying to part ways now with the NRA, and they've been villainized. Well, not here at CPAC. That's no, been the exact opposite experience. It, it, exactly. And we've, we've spoken to the likes of Sheriff Mack, Sheriff That's David great. Clark. I mean, we're talking to these gentlemen who have a ton of experience and a ton of knowledge with guns, law enforcement, and whatnot. And I'm telling you, we put about five, six, eight, fifteen of those guys in a room, they'd figure this thing out in a pretty short order. Well, these are people that have experience with firearms. Yeah. They have experience with, even more importantly, criminals that are committing these crimes. <laughs> they know the mindset. They've dealt with them. They understand what they're dealing with. And then you've got these people in Hollywood or these leftists on like CNN. Oh, which, by the way, uh, we caught a little bit of Dana Lash here. Oh, my Was goodness. it on, yes, on, on Thursday? Thursday, yes. And she went after the media hard. Well, but was she wrong? No, with what she said was right. She said, uh, basically said, you guys in the media, in the, the, what do you call them, the legacy media. Yes. She said, well, you guys love mass shootings. And everybody in the room was oh, kind of like, like, ooh. 
Oh my God, she, Dana Lash. She's a she's a gun loving. Oh my, the conservative. She's gonna kill us all. She's a monster. Yes. Well, and she said it, and then she you know she qualified it. Yes. Uh, she said, "Well, you don't love people getting killed, but you sure love the ratings." Oh yeah. And she made that clear, and then she went on to say, "Every anytime you know you can put a camera in front of white mothers who've had children killed, they're gonna run with. They're doing just like they've been doing since the shooting." Yeah. And then what's great is NPR stopped there. NPR quoted that. Oh, yeah. Stopped there. There's yeah. no, once again, no bias, right? Oh, none. She Whatsoever. went on to say, where are you guys when African-American mothers have their children killed in Chicago? Oh, yeah. And all of the cities. L.A. I mean, it, it is absolutely ridiculous. In cities they, that they, have some of the most stringent gun laws in the country. Yeah. And then, of course, once again, uh, a, a company that... Needs all of our public funding, right? Yeah, we got to continue funding. NPR leaves out the last part. That was the that was the point of what she was trying to make, well, and she made a good point because you're right. Yes, you got anywhere from from ten to forty people shot every weekend in Chicago. Most of them young African Americans. And where's the news media? They're not. Where's the town hall from CNN? Where's the the, the scripted questions? Oh, Where are? I figured it out. What? They're they're not all shot with ARs. Oh, if they're all shot with AR-15s, then, then it'd be an issue. Yeah. Oh, but wait a minute, hold on, because there's gun control in Chicago. No, no, what? Yeah, there's gun control. The first I've heard of that. So there's not really a whole lot of ARs, but still people are getting shot. I, I can't believe that. This makes no sense. I, I know. It, it, what is going on? I need to go talk to CNN right now. we got to figure it out. So let's, Fake news, let, believe let, me. Let's talk a little bit about what is currently going on, because it's been fantastic to listen to the left just caterwaul about gun control. We were out last night at dinner. We were out at dinner last night, met up with a, a young lady I know from my Facebook page. She's from Chicago, and she says, me and my husband are one of 500 that just applied for a carry permit in Chicago. How hard do you think it is to carry a firearm in Chicago? Legally or illegally? Legal, well, legally. Let's put it that way. I was going to say, that I don't see any trouble with anyone getting guns in Chicago. No, illegally. criminals anyway. Yeah, and so, I mean, we literally could go pull up the stats. And the sad thing is, it, this is Saturday. Yes. Between now and Monday, there's going to be anywhere from 15 to 30 people shot, 8 to 10 to 12, 15 killed, and you're not going to hear one word about it on CNN, MSNBC, ABC, NBC, CBS. Well, all their writers are busy scripting questions for high school kids. Yeah, and then I mean, they yeah. have stuff to do. And, the, and then the kid, they go to smear the kid who lets everybody know. No, that, yeah, they're, you're that's, that's that. right. I mean, it, it, there is. There is your story right there. It's, I mean, this is fake news, believe me. Well, oh, I wish you'd have it's pulled that huge news. Just a, a shade second earlier. I love that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, just uh, that's where we're at. I mean, the, and the funny thing was, you know, two years ago, who had really heard of fake news? There, it was a little bit here or there. And the, the funny thing was, we were talking about Dana Lash going after legacy media. A lot of other speakers did as well. Oh, they absolutely. were going after him. Oddly enough, Trump. He jabbed at him a little, but he did it in a very friendly way. He wasn't attacking them. Right. He just, I guess, you know, he realized the room. He didn't have to. Well, I'm going to tell you, I caught Ted Cruz on the first day here Thursday, and he went after the okay. media as well. And as we should, I mean, you know, are you media if you're not publishing the truth? I mean, we've got Facebook, we've got Twitter, the whole Twitter, you know, uh, purge that happened on Thursday night that drilled our, our Twitter page. I mean, I lost yeah. three, 4,000 followers on my personal page. Shadow ban. I, I lost almost 2,000 on our cartel Twitter page. And you're right, we've got liberal left social media organizations, they're going out after us conservatives and, and yeah. it's crazy i mean they the, the, literally the thing was i had to go back through twitter they thought i was a bot 
I'm literally sitting here on the camera talking on the Blaze Hold Radio Hold on, I'm checking network. to see if he's a bot. I'm, I'm as real as real gets. I'm not a Russian agent. I, I'm not James Bond or any, you know, you know that crazy, I'm undercover, Chris. Steel, Christopher Steele. Chris, Christopher Steele? Yeah, Christopher Steele. What? what? Russian agent. <laughs> he might be. I mean, we got a dossier that went to the FISA court that connects back to who? Um, Hillary to Clinton. Fusion GPS. I can't believe it. Hey, just because Nellie Orr worked at Fusion GPS, her husband Bruce. What? Peter Strzok, what. Lisa Page. It, 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 it Paging is. Bueller. Mueller, <laughs> anyone? Mueller. You talked about this a little bit. We can get into it here for the last few minutes. I mean, this is an absolute witch hunt. On the on the side of Mueller, you know, where's the crime? Well, and I want to get back to what you were saying. You got you basically got shadow banned. Now you didn't get banned, but they shut down your account. Oh, they they completely shut it down. I mean, they completely shut me down. I woke up the next morning and I got people emailing me, Matt, what is going on with your Twitter account? I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I haven't looked at it yet. It's 7 o'clock in the morning. I haven't even pulled it up yet. I go over to pull it up, and I've got this window. You've been temporarily suspended. Why? We, we think there's some suspicious activity on your account, and if you would like to bring your account back, here's what you're going to do. And I'm like, how in the world did this happen? And you know what? I, but you know what I did? I'm going to tell you what I did, and I think this is what facilitated it. The last three stories I threw up on my social media yeah. Were the child actors in Parkland? Oh yeah. Is that a story? It was the a Fox tra- News article. It, it was a Fox News article, by the way. The transgender uh, article we talked about about the big pharma. Ron was he, really interested in that. He article, was. Really. I mean, big pharma and Ron are are, are connected hip to hip. Huge, I mean, yeah, it is hugely huge. connected. Believe me. But I I threw up articles like that that are coming from Breitbart. They're coming from Fox. They're coming from mainstream media sources, and shut the social media shut me down. Well, and the interesting thing is, because you got shut down, and so did a lot of other people. Bongino got shut down. Dan Bongino lost 10,000 Twitter followers on his page. I mean, look, did did you hear of one liberal celebrity identity news person? Did you hear one say, oh, my God, I got caught up in the Twitter perch? I don't think that happened. Joy Behar, she didn't get shut down. Joy Behar. Is Whoopi on, Goldberg. Is she on Twitter? Rosie O'Donnell. Did she get shut down? Um, I, I don't know. Maybe she was busy. Uh, she might have been arguing with Ben Shapiro. She was eh, probably. About, about man parts. Hashtag me too. Yeah, me too. Right. Me too. But, you know, look, it, it is an obvious attack on conservatism. It's an obvious attack on, on, on conservatives on these social media pages. Yeah, it's pretty clear and, they're and being look, targeted. If you're listening on our Facebook page, the Conservative Cartel, the Blaze, anywhere you can find us, the Liberty Eagle, get out there and follow us. Get get past those evil overlords. Just don't be a bot, a Russian yeah. bot. Don't don't be a bot. Because so, the Russians obviously manipulated this election. And and, and our and our radio program. Yeah. We're both Russian. Your Twitter account. How are you doing, Igor? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing, Kislyev? Yes, we're doing well here. <laughs> going well, but look. Oh, what we were talking about, I think there were some protesters out the other day that were something to do with, well, you mentioned the Russian flag being yes. thrown at Trump and some other out there protesting Russia. I didn't see them. We only got to see the, the projector, the dreamers yeah. need protection. Brought I, to you by Trojan. Ban assault what? projectors. Yeah, that I, was, I threw that out. Ban all assault Ban projectors. Ban all assault projectors. That's all I have to say. Look, we're, we're coming up on our, on our bottom of the hour break. We're hoping to see Kaya Jones show up here oh, yeah, in, in this next Kaya. segment. So stick around. We're going to have much more. The conservative cartel, Chris X, Matlock, on the Blaze Radio Network. No Black Rifle Coffee hotline today. If you want to comment, 
you got to head to our Facebook pages. We'd love to see you over there. We've got much more here from CPAC. We are live. We're digging it. Lots of people standing in front of the show Huge. having a great time. The conservative cartel. Hey, we got some clapping. Rolls on this Saturday morning. Be right back. The conservative cartel with Matt Locke and Chris Axe on the Blaze Radio Network. Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Chris X. Well, welcome back to the program, the Conservative Cartel, here live on the Blaze Radio Network. It is the bottom of the first hour, and that can only mean one thing. The cartel is honoring our heroes. It's an on-the-road from CPAC honoring our heroes. But this morning, we're going to do a very special honoring our heroes, because if you didn't hear about the shooting in Parkland, Florida, we've got some junior ROTC kids uh, by the name of Peter Wang, Martin DeCue and Elena Petty that we are honoring this morning. Those three brave young people gave their lives in the shooting to protect their fellow classmates. And, and I mean, with everything that you saw from what is going down on at Par down in Parkland with officers not going in, and now we're hearing comments of, of other police officers not going in, these three amazing young people gave their lives, and that's, that's truly what this is all about. So the conservative cartel honors Peter Wang, Martin DeCue, and Elena Petty this morning. God bless you and their families and, and in this very sad time in their lives. But, you know, I, I think Peter Wang post, post – ah, I can't even say it. Yeah. Yeah. He was posthumously – Posthumously. Thank yeah. you. Well, and the thing is, these are honored. Honored, yeah, that's true. Uh, all of them are being honored, yes. as they should, because now we're hearing stories. We, we at least heard the one guy who's resigned. He was a uh, what do you call it? The the police officer, the resource officer, resource officer. Thank you. Who did it, not go into the building at all? Heard shots didn't go in supposedly. Yeah, and then now we're hearing that you know four other deputies came and maybe they didn't go in, which we'll get more information as it goes along. And then you see these kids that were holding doors open for other kids to get out. How many lives did they save? Yeah. and that they gave their lives. These kids are truly heroes. So absolutely, uh, we're it, honoring them. And and the cartel honors all of our heroes, and, and, and then the Army honored Absolutely. him. So, I mean, fantastic. But sitting here in front of us, we, we, we've got a guest, Christy Lee McNally, who has been on the program before. She is a cartel member, honorary cartel member. There you go. But she's from Free Our Internet, the great state of Maine, correct? Correct. And, and helped Donald Trump get one of the uh, electoral college votes up there in, in the District of Maine. So, in all of the Northeast. In all of the Northeast. <laughs> Love that. But uh, we were talking about Chris the Twitter yeah. purge. The purge on Twitter. The the shadow banning is what we're seeing. It, and, it's happened on Facebook, yep. and it's happened on Twitter, and now they've, there's a new way. We're not going to ban you. We'll just shut your account down and make you go back, lose your followers, yep. lose whatever, and make you prove you're not a Russian bot. So what better way to bring in someone who knows the Internet? So, Christy, what the heck happened? Well, it, it's it's been happening for a long time now, and and now that I think they've just been getting bolder and bolder. Uh, free our internet, you know, we've been on a couple of times. Uh, we're almost a year old, and we've been growing, and and we're just here to kind of show conservatives and, and educate people and just let them know that they're not the only ones that this is happening to. You know, originally it started out as you know people just thought it was you know a glitch in the system. It was just. A, a, 
and a thing that just happened every now and then. And now we're really seeing that the tech left is trying to sh to shut us down. Yeah. And, you know, we won the election and they can't get over it is basically they're, <laughs> they're having a temper tantrum. Not our president. And, yeah, exactly. And, you know, they're they're going to do anything they can to shut down um, our voices. And it really revved up when uh, Chairman Pai repealed the net neutrality oh my god uh, yeah the yes. liber I, i'll tell you a, a crazy <laughs> story going to end. I, I mean <laughs> it, it, it was literally i put up that video and you'd have been amazed at the number of liberals that attacked me oh my god we need government in our internet i'm like are you guys crazy well it, because what happened was they you know they're the quote-unquote gatekeepers you know google net uh, mm -hmm. uh, facebook, facebook twitter google twitter they, they were youtube the gatekeepers. they were the Just ones that on. control the information absolutely and when that was taken away from them they they lost their minds and you know you you saw they took down the the ajit pie oh video. yeah um you know they had, offensive they, they made all the kids feel like the the internet was going to end the world was going to end you know you woke up right. the next morning oh yeah the internet was the exact same how way. can we ban assault well, weapons <laughs> if the world's already ended because of net neutrality <laughs> exactly. you know the fun the funny exactly. thing about that pie video and I don't, if you've not seen it it was hilarious because it was about three or four minutes long and he was making fun of things that still worked after the day that they took away the, the the whole deal. I mean, it was like, you know, the Internet's still running, and because of this, here's happening. And he went through about a three- or four-minute video, and I thought it was really funny, and the left has no sense of humor. Oh, absolutely not, especially no. when you're poking fun at them. I mean, yes. if, if you're poking fun at... Uh, Republicans, uh, conservatives, Republican, yeah. I mean, Comedy Central was here, and I guarantee you when they're done with that, it's oh. Oh, going to be a collage of, of, of everybody yeah. and, and the, the, the misstatements they made and how they can go after you. Right. But it's only comedy on the left. Exactly. I mean, we know Jimmy Kimmel gets his talking points from Chuck Schumer. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, it, it, it's no longer we were we last night at dinner. It's funny because we all like humor. We we all follow you know certain stuff. You can no longer have comedy. No, and well, because it, everything's offensive. Right. Everything's and PC. everything you. I mean, I mean, I'm sure you were. I mean, so offensive. Oh, I, I yeah. shouldn't. We're, we're I shouldn't. So, even, as a yeah. woman, I shouldn't even be sitting here. I you know. ought to be scared. I should. You, you ought to be scared of the cartel. You, you ought to be triggered, but and, I, but and, and you shouldn't carry, be running down the but hallway. I carry, so, but you know what? Oh, Here's good. the thing. I was attacked yesterday by not a. You were attacked. Well, yeah, tell us about what yes. happened. This yeah. was at CPAC. Yes, here. it was at CPAC by a Democracy Now uh, reporter. Um, I had James Demore was our. Oh yes, guest. the Google gentleman yes, who the, went the after who, and said, "Yeah, the, the one engineer." Who wrote the letter. Yes. yes, he was our guest here. Free, free our internet. Um, flew him out here. He was our guest. He uh, did some interviews, and um, this person had been denied a in an interview because we knew it was not going to. We knew he wasn't. He didn't have good intentions. Yeah. And so he followed me down this whole row. Um, and James, the reporter, of, the reporter, and he was screaming at James. He was so close to him, like within inches of him. And I said, you know, you don't have an interview. Please stop. He was recording. I said, please get out of the way. He was screaming at him. Wow. And I said, please get out of the way. He shoved me so that he could get closer to James to try to get into James's face to try to get a reaction. I mean, that's what he was trying. To right. Do. He was trying to get and something on this film. This particular reporter had already been arrested before at a Gillespie event. So he oh has a gosh. history of this. But he shoved me. And then he screamed at James. Oh, James, you hit my arm. And, and something like that and James was like you assaulted her and the guy was screaming about me too and I go you're screaming about me too you just assaulted me you oh, want to talk about no, a me too but moment. you don't count right because, because you're I'm a conservative, conservative woman. woman right yeah. so right. A, a conservative woman can't be yeah, the, the feminist the feminist right. organizations the movement does not include you right no. because exactly. you didn't vote right with your lady parts exactly you, you don't get to, you don't get a say right right it's so. crazy well it's interesting too and that democracy now is pushing people out of the way to try to push their agenda exactly they're not really much about democracy these days are they no no and no because we don't fit what our our 
our agenda doesn't fit into their big world yeah. view. And so, therefore, they, they want to shut us down. Well, they love you when you agree with them. Right, exactly. If but, I, it, it, and, and we don't. And our view right now happens to be the winning view. And yeah. so they're going to do whatever well, they Well, it's can. the right view. Exactly. And that's the, the problem that the left has. They don't have an argument. And, and they don't have facts on their side. So what do they what do they resort to? Violence. Pushing you. That's right. right. Name calling. Pushing you. Violence. They go That's to Ajit Pai's house it, and, it, they, exactly. and they put up signs and they talk about raping his wife and beheading his yes. children. That's and, the only thing that they can resort to. And they to. shadow ban you and they do all this kind of stuff. Exactly. But Christy, we're coming up to the end of the break. We've got about 90 seconds here. Tell everybody how they can help you, they how can they can to, find you. They can go to freeourinternet.org. They can sign up. They can tell us their stories of being shadow banned. And because there is going to be bipartisan legislation coming up and we want to be able to take those stories to the hill and tell tell them what's going on why we need this legislation so that google facebook and twitter are covered and everybody has to play by the same rules so they can follow us on facebook go on twitter uh find us and freeourinternet.org but they wanted net neutrality <laughs> yeah well oh wait not for you just no, for them th no they actually google wants it for everybody else but them oh yeah, okay that makes go. sense well christy thank you thank for you being for on the, the conservative cartel again yeah. she she's an honorary member a frequent flyer we certainly appreciate it and always a great host thank you have a great rest of cpac yeah thank you and keep Chris, up the work over there yes, that's yeah. please do so. I will, stuff. I will do my best. Thank yeah. you. So, but, you know, there's so people getting assaulted. Isn't it odd uh, yeah. that people are getting pushed around over here is not from conservatives? No, and, and the funny thing is we came back from lunch yesterday. Just a real quick story. Guy was standing on the corner outside of this place, out, you know, and he's got a sign that says, shame on the NRA. Yeah. And it's like, where are you getting your facts? Oh, what are you talking about? How is it the shame on the NRA when, in fact, you know, and you know what he said to one of our friends? Well, I'm really afraid you're going to assault me. <laughs> yeah, we we don't assault people. Yeah, Conservatives don't assault people. We yeah. we hit you with facts. We debate you with, with conservative critical thinking. We've and we've talked about this many many times. When it comes to uh, an event like this, and you got this guy out there talking, the the assault's not happening here. It's those on the left that want to go through there and claim, well, we'll protect you. We want to do this, and they're the ones trying to assault. Not always. The no. last, in fact, the last time that I recall an NRA member being involved in a shooting or a mass shooting was the guy who shot the mass shooter yeah. to keep from killing yeah. more people in Texas when he shot up that church. Isn't that amazing too? Because that story is never the story you hear. You never hear about the guy that shows up with an AR and stops a mass shooting they leave that part out i don't well, yeah, know why. it does not fit their narrative and you know look we talked to sheriff david clark we talked to sheriff mack good guys with guns stop bad guys with guns 100 percent of the time because who do you call when you have a problem the police and they have guns it, 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 except maybe in england well, no, they're getting guns in England now, They're trying now too. hard because, yeah. No, they're, 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 bringing, they're bringing back guns. They're figuring it out. But, Chris, we're up against another break. Unbelievable. It's, it's, it's going fast, isn't it? it? It is flying by. So on the other side here, we've got Alan Chesser, who is from North Carolina, 2nd Congressional District. We're going to talk with him. And then who knows what's going to happen here. So you're going to want to hang around the conservative cartel live from CPAC, Chris X, Matlock. Go get a friend, a beverage. It's Saturday morning. We're having a great time. Be right back. The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Chris X on the Blaze Radio Network. Conservative Cartel 
Now, here's Matt Locke and Chris Axe. Welcome back to the Conservative Cartel. I am Chris X, along with Matt Locke. You're you're listening to the Blaze, the Blaze Radio Network, kids. We're here Saturday at CPAC. This is our final day here at CPAC. We've been here for the last couple of days broadcasting live, and we listen to the president. We listen to Dana Lash, Ted Cruz. This has been a an action packed uh, event full of conservatism, and the media hates it. The NRA. There's a protester out uh, saying, shame on the NRA. And then oh, my gosh, yeah. And then we caught the, the projector gate last night. Projector gate, that's what we're called pro- it now. They project out there. You have dreamers. Assault projectors. It was an assault projector, yeah. which needs to be banned. Yep. Dreamers need protection. Well, you know what? Americans are dreamers, too, right? That's right. And we got a couple of dreamers here that are not from somewhere else. They're from here, and they're great, not only patriots, but uh, one of them's actually running for office. Alan Chester joins us, and Tim Payne. Both of you guys served, correct? Uh, yes, sir. I uh, served in the National Guard and uh, was deployed to Iraq in 05 and 06, and I'll let Tim handle his. Yeah, I was Airborne Infantry. I uh, did three tours, two in Iraq, one in Afghanistan, and I got blown up in Afghanistan. Man. Oh, man. I'll tell you what. First of all, thank you guys for your service thank because you. the cartel are huge supporters of the military, our first responders, fire firefighters, police officers. Thank you for, for what you've done. Now, you know, Alan, let's talk a little bit. You're running. It looks like for the sec- 2nd Congressional District in North Carolina? Yeah, 2nd Congressional District, uh, I guess the geographical area there would be, depending on your familiarity with the area, it's the I-95 corridor pretty much between Wake County and Wilson County, and it just stretches from Nash, which is about one county south of Virginia. I mean, there's a county between them there, down to one county north of Fayetteville. So Very good. So what is your background? Why, why, first of all, what's your background, and why are you running for Congress? All right, so personal background um, is, is pretty much all in community service. Uh, I joined the military at 17 years old, had to get my family to sign a waiver. 9-11 just changed my life, committed me to service, and uh, saw a problem, wanted to fix it. So I wanted to do my part, so I signed up, got deployed, came back. And uh, logical transition, went into law enforcement, right? That's just the there way, there that kind is. of the way it went. I uh, yeah. was a police officer in Nags Head, city of Raleigh, and uh, got... Got injured, had to leave law enforcement for a little while, and uh, just through that, got introduced to politics, fighting the VA for for benefits and stuff like that, and uh, the bureaucratic red tape that needs to be just cut there was was the big introduction to, to the way politics works behind the scenes. Yeah, one of the things that uh, it's a natural transition for you because you start out with service with the military, then you move to the police, and then you're moving on now to politics because we need far more people like you guys serving because you... Obviously, you care about the country. It is pretty clear when you put your life on the line in multiple venues, not only do you love the country, you're doing the best you can. We've seen a lack of that in Washington, D.C., even on the local level, the county, the state races. We need more people like you running. Oh, absolutely. We agree. Uh, me and Tim agree that uh, the, the new front is in Washington. That's where the battle needs to be fought now. One of, the, one of the greatest things that I've learned about Alan, and uh, go, I, I want to encourage everybody to go to his website, alanchester.com. Um, when I met him, his, he was telling me a story about how he was watching TV and always getting angry about what was going on in Washington. And his wife is like, well, are you going to sit there or are you going to do something about Ooh, it? And he's like, good I'm lady. doing something lady. about it. So he quits his job. He's like going 100% into this. And uh, we need the support of the people to really try to uh, get out there and get on the front lines. I got blown up, fought through all sorts of crazy stuff, wrote a book about what I went through. 
and uh, I want to get in the fight because the fight is in Washington to safeguard our rights, the Bill of Rights, freedoms that we uh, that we fought to protect. But we now that we see that um, they're um, uh, get in in the danger zone, so we want to get there and get in office and make sure that our leaders are held accountable to our constitutional amendments. I want to well, mention the website, yes. alanchesser.com. <clears throat> Excuse me, alanchesser.com. If you want to go find yeah. out more information, make sure you follow uh, Alan. Oh, we're going to talk to these guys more. We're not done. Yeah. I want to talk to Tim, though. He, and, and I do, too. That's I want to exactly, hear yeah. your story. Talk about yeah. getting blown up. But first of all, what's your role with, with, with him? But secondly, yeah. tell, tell folks your story, because the people listening on the blaze and not watching on the cameras, yeah. I mean, you're in a wheelchair. Yep, you're, right. you're missing some fingers. You have some scars. I <laughs> yeah. mean, you, you, you are, yeah. Tell them what happened. Okay, well, first, let me let me uh, tell you a little joke. All right, I go to the nail salon with all these beautiful Asian women, and I was like, hey, I need to get my nails done. Can I get half off? And they look at me. <laughs> I'm with you, dude. They look at me. I'm they're with like, you. get out of here. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, I'm just joking. They exactly. wouldn't even give you a discount? I, yeah, they wouldn't uh, give me a I discount. I love that because I have nine fingers, and they <laughs> yeah. don't, and I, you yeah, got, right. and I'm not trying to downplay yours, but you know, it's all the time. No, yeah. no, it's crazy. That's, that's but that's fair. a fantastic joke but I know, right what do, you, what do you do for for alan okay so i'm this uh, director of veteran relations and um i've dealt with a lot of issues within the va and also uh my own transition of uh getting injured i had 120 surgeries 100 blood Holy transfusions cow. flatlined all these different times and uh throughout my uh, healing process the doctors are just throwing all these uh, medications at me like a shotgun blast bird shot style all these meds are being thrown at me and um, it was a grueling recovery and uh, once I saw the light at the end of the tunnel I wrote a book about it and now I'm really inspired to just help others grow and just push forward remember who you were before you got injured because you can go back to that and you can persevere no matter what happens Oh, that's a fantastic story. No kidding. Well, it's incredible. You still got a great sense of humor, which is awesome. Thanks. And then, uh, and like I said, as, as Matt said earlier, we have to thank you guys because if it were not for people like you that go put your lives on the line, we're not allowed to sit here and talk about the things we want to talk about. We're not allowed to do that. And many other countries, they don't have that ability because, well, they don't have people like you that are willing to stand up. So first and foremost, thank you for everything you've done because we don't deserve that, that much freedom. We don't. Right. It's, we, have to, we have to remain vigilant as a society to safeguard the rights that men have fought and died for, and it's a continuous fight that will never go away. If we fall asleep for more than one generation, we can lose everything. So we need to remain vigilant, we need to stay sharp, and we need to live by a set of values that will uh, dictate our decision-making process on the inside and let that carry out on the outwardly parts. You get on Fantastic. Tim thank you. Yes. Uh, and which also leads back to Alan. Yes. Alan, once again, there you go. We need more people serving, doing that. Um, it tells me with you serving along with Tim, that kind of stuff, that, those are the sort of principles you want to bring? Yeah, absolutely. A uh, big focus that we have is servant leadership. Uh, it, it's all about personal sacrifice to help others. We, we lack personal sacrifice in Congress. It's all... Uh, me, just, me, me, me. Exactly. Me too. I think exactly. the hashtag is for them. <laughs> me too. You too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, we, just, we lack selfless service, which is one of the principles that me and Tim both hold to and uh, we try and be an example in the community of what selfless service looks like. Um, he did allude to me, uh, you know, quitting my job. Yeah, I want to be wholeheartedly committed to this. Uh, like, I don't want a safety net. Right. I, I want to work. Right. I want to fight. So Absolutely. That's that's what we're here to do. And I mean, I couldn't ask for a better friend and uh, a better companion to take this trip with. Would you him. give him a discount on his nails, though? 
No, no, no. never. <laughs> Capitalism. <laughs> Capitalism. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> so, Alan, we've got just we've got about sixty seconds here. How can people help you? How can they find you? What can people do there in North Carolina? All right. So the biggest thing is get out to vote on May eighth. Vote Alan Chester in the primary. Uh, it, that's the biggest thing. But uh, the website is alanchester.com. I appreciate you guys putting that out there. If you go there, at the footer of every page is my social media links. Just click, follow, like, share, and there's a donate volunteer page. Anything you guys can do, we love it, and we help. I mean, we just take any help we can get. Well, thank yeah, you. If you're listening, please donate. We need all the help we can get. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there you go. Tim, Allen. thank you very much for your service, for your time. We wish you the best of luck. Thank you for stopping by the conservative cartel. We certainly yeah. enjoyed yeah, it. True it. patriots. Thank Our you pleasure. very much. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm about to say, appreciate both of you guys coming out, and thank you for your service, uh, first and foremost. And I'm glad you're continuing to serve. Yes. Because you're, you're right. The one biggest travesty I've seen in this country is the way our veterans are treated when they return. They, they should have the best health care and be able to go anywhere. And the fact that that hasn't already occurred in this country – shows just how far off track we've gotten. Thank you. It almost leads into like our 11-point veterans plan, doesn't it? That's oh, right. there you oh, go. Leave them, ha- leave them wanting more. I love that. Thanks, AlanChester.com. Cert- yes. Go check Get it out. Get over there. Thanks, guys. Good luck, fellas. Right. We certainly yeah, appreciate you, you spent some time with us. But, Chris, it's stories like that. I mean, you know, here we are sitting on Radio Row and CPAC, and we have freedom to do so in our First Amendment right yeah. because we have the Second Amendment. We have gentlemen like Alan and oh. Tim who are willing, able, and ready to serve the country in any way necessary. Yeah, well, and the, like I said, you talk about these guys, these veterans, you serve in Nine Line Apparel, Black Rifle Coffee. Yes. We love these organizations because they are veterans. From veterans, for veterans, by veterans, they're doing tremendous things. And, man, I would love to see more people like Alan serving. No. Uh, not just the military, but especially in Congress, because he's right. They're serving themselves. Oh, and it's absolutely. time to change that. Well, look, and, and coming up next hour, by the way, we're, we're coming to the end of the first hour. Marie Espinosa. From oh, yeah. the Remembrance Project, Scott Husing, author, Echo and Ramadi, Trevor Loudon, Enemies Within. Big time lineup coming your way. You got to stick around. The Conservative Cartel on Saturday morning on the Blaze Radio Network. We're just getting started. Chris X, Matt Locke, go grab a coffee, a drink, a friend, like, share. We're going to be back here in just a couple minutes. Stick around. The cartel rolls along this Saturday morning. Huge. This is The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Chris Axe on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to hour number two of the Conservative Cartel. I am Chris X along with my hard rocking amigo, the Locker of Mats. I'm not going to go through all of that. Matt Lock is here as well. We are live from CPAC. We are not in the Nine Line Apparel Studios. The Black Rifle Coffee Hotline is down. We've got way too much to cover. It is our last day here, live at CPAC. Where are we? We're in, we're in Maryland, right? Uh, yes, National Harbor. Not Harbor Maryland. Freight. Not Harbor Freight. Okay, I thought we were in a store for the well, last couple of days. I, I told everybody we were for the last couple of days, but we're not now. We, okay. we found our way. We're in Maryland. We're actually, if you look at it, it's all, it's called Oxon Hill. 
is where the dateline comes up. But, man, have we had a great time at CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference, all kinds of conservative speakers. People are starting to fill in the hall this morning. It is Saturday, day three. It's yeah. a lot slower than it's been most of the week. I heard it tapers down because it's Rick the last Harrison day. Harrison right there walking so by. You got to love him from Pawn Stars. Love the show, by the way. Yeah, so. No, but it's, uh, once again, like I said, this is the day when things start kind of settling down. They finish, it finishes up a little early today, a little earlier than normal. So they're, they're, it was going to like 7 in the evening. I think it wraps up around 3 today or 3.30. So it, it finished up. But it's been incredible, as you mentioned. It's been a lot of fun. And we've had, we've seen so many. I got to watch the president speak yesterday, which was pretty incredible. Uh, you saw Ted Cruz. Uh, we've seen Dana Lash. We've seen, I mean, you name it. The gang has been here, and it's been it's been a really uh, an amazing event. It has, and, and we've watched as this whole gun control issue has been a black cloud over CPAC. I've talked to several people here, and it seems like people it, it just sucking all the air out of the room. And I want to get to this really quick because we didn't talk about it in the first hour, and I think it's something worth talking about. I've got this story from Breitbart.com, and I want to get into this because we heard the other day, Chris, that the resource officer of the school failed to do his job. Yeah, they said the shots were going off, and he didn't go in the school. And and we talked about this, I think, yesterday. You want to give the gentleman the benefit of the doubt? I mean, look, some people freeze. Some people run into the middle of, of, of terror, of disaster. Unlike Alan Chester and right. Tim Payne, who were just here, guys right. that served that obviously did not run from that. And, you know, look, I, I don't want to tear the man down. I don't know him personally. But we found out this Scott Peterson withheld information a year ago on, on this shooter. So it's bizarre. Well, that, and then we're hearing the story of these other four deputies that got there and stayed outside. We don't know all the details, so that there could be a, a perfectly logical reason. But so far, there's information coming out once again, and we're being told by so many people that you, you can't arm teachers, you can't have people armed inside these schools. We had people armed outside that weren't going in. No, no. And the amazing thing is, I saw another article last night where in Ohio, a local sheriff said, "Look, I, I will if you if you teachers want to be armed." I will give you free training to handle that firearm and 250 teachers applied online for that help. 50 slots, 250 teachers applied. We've talked on the radio show. We've had people call in. I know people personally that are teachers that are not allowed to carry. They have their, their license to carry. They're trained. They're, they know what they're doing. Former military, former police. Sheriff uh, um, Mack. Uh, Richard Mack, yep. these guys, they're not allowed to carry. And these people know guns inside and out. They know they're, they would give up their lives to protect these children, but they're not being given the opportunity to truly protect them because you can't protect anyone against somebody with a gun, a bad guy, as I right. say, with a gun, if, you don't, if all you have is a backpack. Well, I'm going to tell you, it is just purely absurd that right now the left thinks that protecting children in schools is throwing them into a corner, locking the door, and using the teacher as a personal shield. I think the the Dana Lash situation, which occurred uh, just a couple of nights ago over at CNN, they had the CNN town hall, and while she was there, was a bunch of liberals, of course, a bunch of Democrats. She had to have they had first of all they had a bunch of people with with guns protecting all the people inside, and then while they're in there, she had to have her own personal protection. Three guards, 
protecting her from those Democrats who tell you, one, you don't need to have firearms or be able to because the government will protect you. And then two, they actually rushed the stage, tried to get her. And then as she was trying to leave, she had to have armed security to get out of there. What does that tell you? These are the people telling us that we don't need to arm ourselves. Well, yeah, because they want to disarm you. If they disarm you, they can then physically harm you. They can control you. They can tell you what to do. And the government now can be the one in control. Because right now, the government fears us as citizens because we have the Second Amendment. And, and you look at Adolf Hitler. You look in China. You look at these mass socialistic Pot, countries. Stalin, Lenin, yes. it's down the line. Just keeps going. Those folks did not have a way to protect themselves against a tyrannical government we do it isn't because we want to go hunt it isn't any reason other than the fact that if you take if you take guns out of average citizens hands you will have it will be serfs well exactly you're no longer a, a citizen you're now a, a subject yes. if you will and we've seen this in many other countries and the weird thing is people a lot of kids today it's not even their fault they've been indoctrined to believe so many things and they're being by these marxist professors these socialist school teachers and they've gone on their limited scope of history and to understanding of what the the constitution is why we have the first they want to use the first amendment to shout other people down but then they don't want to allow us to have the second amendment they they don't understand the gravity of that document and what our forefathers came from. There's a reason why they put the first, second, the fourth, the fifth amendment. They Absolutely. came from tyranny. Right. They and get it. Yes, they do get it. That's exactly it. And it's amazing because the Democratic Party is trying to rewrite history. They're trying to change the definition. If they can change the definition, then they can change the way you learn. They can change history and they can get what they want to get, which ultimately is this, they, they, don't make, they don't even make it a secret anymore. They want to disarm you. Yeah, and it, and once again, to, to, to go back to the school shooting, when these kids were not protected, there was supposed to be somebody there with a gun protecting them. He didn't do his job. Okay, so now it would be so terrible to have other people there, more than maybe one assigned to protect these thousands of kids. Yeah, but then, the, you know, it'll scare the kids. These teachers having guns will scare the kids, and they won't feel safe, and they don't know what's going on, and that's complete and utter garbage because Sheriff Mack sat here and said, look, yeah. his kids are asking him, why aren't you, why aren't you protected? Why can't you? protect us why aren't you armed what this is absurd that we have to run over into a corner and lock the door and hope that this shooter doesn't come in and shoot us yeah we know he was the, the shooter at the school was that literally shooting through windows some of these rooms that had locked doors it, it's it's such a terrible tragic sad and horrible situation that it, not that necessarily you can resolve the issue but you can put steps in place to, to protect these kids protect the teachers protect the principals the assistants the counselors you name it. It's really not that difficult. But what the left has done, they have taken that narrative and the, the evil NRA. And we mentioned in the shame on the program, them. Shame on the NRA. The horrible NRA allowing people that uh, that's that Second Amendment right. to defend themselves. Right. What a horrible thing. And, and, and the crazy thing is the NRA doesn't even get a bit of taxpayer dollars. Not yeah. one, not one dime. Yeah, not one dime. And that's what, what a shocker. And all these other organizations, we talk about Planned Parenthood or, or NPR, which purposefully misquotes Dana Lash when discussing gun control and that kind of stuff to make it like she's a monster. By the way, we won't even mention the names they were calling her at that, that, uh, that CNN well, town hall. You know, we've been, look, we know many people here at CPAC who have a, a, a certain celebrity. 
And it is amazing to sit there and speak with them and the messages and the vile and the oh, death yeah. threats. And, and, you know, and, and then the left says, oh, you don't need guns. You don't need to protect yourself. I mean, if they took a look at some of these folks' social media, I mean, people are telling them, we want you to die. We hate you. We hope you're dead. I mean, it's awful. And then they sit there and they say to us, well, you don't need to protect yourself. What do you need to protect yourself for? At any given moment, a crazed anti-gun Bernie Sanders supporter could show up and try to shoot us like they did actual Republicans practicing for a baseball game. What? And, yeah. It actually happened? It actually happened. Exactly. Or another crazed Bernie supporter goes and kills people on a bus. No. Yeah, it actually happens. These are Or, the- I mean, last night, article, Huffington Post, lady wants Kim Jong-un to drop a bomb on CPAC. It's, the, the, it's that thinking. And look... Well, and then we know, here's the other thing, too, and you make a good point. We know not all Democrats feel that way. No. But the reality is there are some, and those people who cannot comprehend the depravity of those monsters cannot comprehend the ability we need to defend ourselves. It's as simple as that. And it's so crazy. And I see Maria Espinosa. She's coming up in the next segment, walking here toward us. So, you know, we'll get her on here soon. I mean, yeah. we've got lots more to cover. Have a seat. you got another segment. Take yeah, you it got easy. A couple Relax. Seconds Relax. Just come on in and, and just slide on in. But, you know, Chris... In the end, and we're going to get into some illegal immigration here with Maria and whatnot, but our country, you have to have the ability to protect your person and your property. Well, and and I'm glad we have Maria coming on because we were talking about American people that would be willing to come kill us with guns and stuff. Once again, remember those on the left that that, that don't want us to have the ability to protect ourselves. First of all, they're actively fighting the federal immigration authorities from enforcing federal immigration laws in sanctuary states like California and things like that. But what else are they doing? They don't want to secure that border. And there are firearms, drugs, and humans being smuggled across that thing daily. And and Maria Espinosa is one of those people that has devoted a lot of time, her life, to trying to get a little common sense because this is insane. It's literally insanity. Let's take a very short break. You are listening to The Conservative Cartel. I am Chris X. Along with uh, Matt Locke, we have Maria Espinosa from The Remembrance Project joining us here in the next segment. Do not go away. we got a whole lot more to cover here live from CPAC. The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Chris X on the Blaze Radio Network. Listening to the Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Chris Axe. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. And you are listening to the Conservative Cartel live from CPAC this beautiful Saturday morning in National Harbor, Maryland. We are live on the Blaze Radio Network. No Nine Line Apparel Studios today. No Black Rifle Coffee Hotline. We love those sponsors, so get out there and show them some love. But uh, Chris X. Matt Locke, we're here and across the table from us. We're going to get right into it. We've got great guests, but this morning we got Maria Espinosa from the Remembrance Project. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank are, are, you so much, Matt, for inviting me. And Chris, it's great to meet you in person. Are you tired yet? It's day three. <laughs> You've probably done a lot of interviews. Patriots don't get tired. Oh, I love man. it. I love it. So the Remembrance yeah. Project, tell us yes. a little bit about what you're doing and why you're doing it. 
Okay, what we are doing is trying to raise awareness and shine a light on the American lives lost at the hands of illegal aliens. 100% preventable killings, murders, and uh, basically because our legislators are not legislating for American citizens. Um, so we uh, are from Houston, Texas, originally started in 2009. And That's where I represent <laughs> Houston. <laughs> yes. And our Astros. <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. And Chris, as you mentioned before we started here, um, you're right. I never thought about that we have de dedicated our lives to this cause. And uh, you know, I never really thought about it, but that's exactly what we've done. So we're, we're working hard and trying to save American lives and look at, you know, inject some common sense into this whole illegal immigration issue. What? I mean, yeah. <laughs> what a concept. Common sense. But, uh, well, and, and Maria, I know you and I talked, we were talking off the air. This was a, a few weeks back or something. We we're getting ready for CPAC and everything. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, I was talking with Maria. Now, Maria, coming from Houston, you're up here in D.C. now. We are, so yes. So you're doing this. And it, it was very interesting because at one point, Maria was like, you know, I would love to be able to just get back to my regular life and do the things. She had a great life. Yes. She still does. But you're compelled to continue doing this. You, nobody wants to have to go through and deal with an open border where American citizens and other people aren't stepping up to help American citizens and family members that are being killed by illegal immigrants. Not to mention the, the well, you got murders, you got homicides, you got drunk driving, you've got assaults, you've got burglaries, you've got sexual assaults, right. all these My things. Goodness. And I've right. known you for a few years now. Yes. And you don't stop. You have been doing no. this nonstop. You said patriots don't rest. Absolutely. Your right. life is dedicated to this. Right. And, and, you know, we thought that, you know, my husband, Tim Ling, and I thought that some, our elected officials were taking care of this. Yeah. But the m deeper we got into it, the more research we, we conducted, we realized that it's up to us. And, you know, our own legislators on, on every level of government. Um, you know, and that's the reason why I ran for Congress, you know, a year and a half ago. Um, we need something done. And if those individuals who we elected to do a job refuse and un are unwilling to place Americans first, then we need to step up as patriots. You're right. It's the government is for the people, by the people, of the people. And you're, you're absolutely right. You're stepping up. And we, we had talked about this on a previous program. You know, you Donald Trump was the only candidate when he had a great speech here yesterday, which I got to see a little bit. I know you were there. He was the only one that took in you guys with the Remembrance Project and met with these families. And he didn't do it all on camera. No. He met right. these people because he truly cared about them right. and he cared about your cause. Absolutely. And, you know, we've had the pleasure to meet Steve Bannon. He was our keynote speaker um, last year's conference where Donald Trump was our keynote speaker in 2016 for our first national conference in Houston this year in 2017 we held it here in DC and you know Stephen Bannon said that the Remembrance Project and all our work and the faces and our Stone Life School banners was a key that picked the lock to pre Donald Trump's uh, victory and Corey Lewandowski we were meeting with him as well and he said that it was, you know, the turning point was when he met the families. And, and it's right. such, a, such a, you know, great honor to, for those individuals to recognize our work. But, you know, it's thousands of, of good patriots all across the United States that share our information, that share our love for our country and, and our American citizens. Understand the rule of law. Yeah, well, that's it, it, crazy. It, yeah, law, huh? we've got Maria Espinosa here in front of us. We're at we're at CPAC, and uh, she is the looks like co-founder and national director of the Remembrance Project. You said something very interesting. I want to ask you because you said you ran for Congress. I did. You, you, you said that you're trying to make a change. Why do you feel like our politicians right now don't want to help you? I. <laughs> 
I think that they're sold out. They, they've been in this bubble. They're in the D.C. or wherever they are. They're treated like royalty. They're not serving. They, they've lost that sense of service for the American people and what they were elected to do. You know, I, I think that the U.S. Constitution, everyone should take a class. You know, we have all these diversity classes. What about a class to keep you uh, focused on what your job is, which is follow the Constitution and serve the people, represent the people. Um, and we're so far from that. As you can see, when, when our legislators, on whatever level of government you, you can bring up and point to, when they can't even say, yes, an illegal alien is illegal in the country and we have to enforce current laws and remove them. And here we are negotiating for non-citizens. It's, it's astonishing, and, and you, you, you make such a great point. They're, they're serving themselves, a lot of these politicians. Mm-hmm. And, but you mentioned, you know, we, we've got an open border, and that's you talked about Donald Trump. The pinnacle of his campaign was build the wall, build that wall. He's doing this, but then you've got the other side. You've got Nancy Pelosi, who will not stand at a State of the Union for American citizens, veterans, people that have been killed by illegal immigrants. She's not going to stand, but she stood for eight hours for illegal immigrants, right. making that point. You've got a state that is actively not only allowing federal law to be violated by illegal immigrants, but not only that, they've gone on to commit more crimes and they will not, they're actively participating to stop federal agents from enforcing the law. They're right. going against our government. They're AG threatened yep. companies. Exactly. Yes. Well, and they, they want to sue. They yes. want to sue the federal government back for them not following the law. So let's talk about sanctuary cities. I mean, you've spent a lot of time going after this. The sanctuary Sanctuary cities in this country, it's crazy. Kate Steinle comes to mind. You know, terrible we see injustice. the drunk, dr- it, yeah. it is, it's terrible. And, and, you know, what are you guys doing to combat that? Yes. Well, you know, I don't know if you know this, Matt, but the reason we started was because we discovered sanctuary city policies in Houston, Texas. Yep. And we just happened, Tim and I just happened to be watching the news that evening. And there was the uh, report of the killing of Officer Henry Canales. Yeah. And that was a sting operation. Illegal alien shot him. And within that same report, they mentioned that previously, a few years before, there was Officer Rodney Johnson who was killed by an illegal alien. And we can go into that story, but his widow filed a lawsuit. And that's what intrigued me because I'm a former legal assistant, and I thought, as tragic as an in-line of duty death is, what warranted what took place that a, a, a warranted a lawsuit? And it was sanctuary city policies. Un- I totally couldn't get my head around that. And naively, we thought that maybe two years, we just have to reach a couple of these elected officials who didn't know what was going on. And first, they, li- they denied it. Right. They lied to us. And then they fought us. Uh, and that, you know, we really are pretty determined and just like any patriot. And we realize that, you know what, it's up to us and these killings, 100 percent preventable, crippling our country, one one family and one life at a time. They fought her. Oh, they, they oh. fought yeah. you. Not only fought yeah. her, those on the other side have tried to trash your name. They've come after you personally. Yeah. Yes, yes. And it's astonishing. You're yes. just trying to help. The, the worst thing, your crime, Maria, is you care about American families that have lost loved ones to criminals and these are criminals that are coming from other countries illegally here and these people on the other side are fighting for those criminals who've yeah. gone on to kill people it's uh, astonishing it is and you have different elements that mix that's in this mix you know you have some people who think you know they're going to make a lot of money you know we're here we're not here we don't get up at you know six in the morning and try to dive into the news and so we can be prepared for radio you know shows right. and to get the word out you know i'd rather sleep sleep in and yeah. you know do my <laughs> jogging in the morning relax and you know enjoy my time with my husband who's a professional engineer who retired 
You're right. Our life was good before. Yeah. <laughs> now it's chaotic. Oh, it's God bless changed. you. And, yeah, and the other thing is, you, people are, you're not getting rich because of this. This is something that I'm is taking, 100% volunteer. Yeah. You're using We're your, working on that, though. Oh, good. Well, we <laughs> good. Hope. And good for you. We're maybe we could that. take some of those federal dollars that are not being spent on uh, border control, yeah. maybe put them that way and start spending some that direction. And, and put them to good use and actually put them toward the law in our country in the great United States and actually get some things moving and done because this is a serious issue. Yes. Let, let, let's not let's not fool yes. anybody. We have a serious problem in this country with illegal immigration, and that's why millions, 62 or 3 million people voted for Donald Trump yeah. because they want the wall. Exactly. They want a sovereign country. Right, and we are at a tipping point. You know, I think we have been for a long time, but thank God for Donald Trump, and I really feel Donald Trump's pain because he had a great life. But yeah. instead, he's been attacked by all the media except for conservatives, yeah. and also well, some of them too. And some of them too. You're right. You're right. Uh, and we are reaching out to those new conservative outlets as well because we don't want to put our eggs as a patriot um, in one basket. We've seen what that happens, and we want to be able to have these conservative outlets that really work for their. You know, reputations and yeah. for for our time as well. Well, the, the families. Uh, I want to make sure we mention the website. It's the remembranceproject dot org. Yes, and people can get to get involved. They can help. They can volunteer. They can donate. Donate. Please Which, do. Yes, we yeah. gotta help put the keep the lights on and do our work and get these campaigns that we can get out there and, and get our information. We've been so busy putting our nose to the grindstone that we haven't done that. You know, that marketing and and fundraising. But, you know, it's very important out there for people to sign on on our website and sign up for our emails, certainly donate, share our information. But look at the people who are doing the work and find and look at their information and educate yourselves and share our information. We have Absolutely. to do something with that information, not just well, keep it in. I want to mention the website again, the remembranceproject.org. The irony of all ironies was this year at the Super Bowl, on the day of the Super Bowl, we had a professional football player and his Uber driver yeah. killed by a drunk driving illegal immigrant yep. on the day when you, when everyone's worried about, oh, are they going to kneel for the national anthem and all of this stuff and the very liberal policies right. of the NFL and one of their own was, was, was also killed. Tragic, because I know you guys went through and have, have recognized him and the driver. And the Jeffrey Monroe, right. Yeah, it's absolutely. And it's it's very sad and it's astonishing that you're still having to fight this fight. You think people would, the politicians would step up, but no, it's, it's going to be a fight till the end, I think. Absolutely. And I think Texas has taken that lead, too, with their SB4 anti-sanctuary city law and nice. the remembrance project has filed an amicus brief in support of texas as president donald trump has taken interest in that as well and the key in this legislation is that that the citizens and the victims can go ahead and sue those elected officials who are not doing their job and release an illegal alien who later harmed or killed their loved one yeah. well, that's key maria thank you for your time we're up against the hard break thank at the bottom so of the hour we certainly appreciate the fact of what you're doing thank the you, remembrance man. project you can go to the remembrance project.org yes. help, help this wonderful young lady out she's she's a saint doing yeoman's work you can help her over there the remembranceproject.org look the conservative cartel chris x matlock we're yes. cpac we're live we're rolling on I, I mean we got scott husing author up next you're going to want to stick around maybe catch a beverage go get a friend but we're going to have a great time it, it's it's amazing here cpac live people walking around great patriots that allow us to do what we do. Maria, thank you. God bless you. And we, you we, we certainly appreciate it. Don't go anywhere, guys. Wrong. We will be right back. Thank you. The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Chris X on the Blaze Radio Network.
Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Chris Axe. Welcome back to the Conservative Cartel. I am Chris Axe along with Matt Locke. We are here live at CPAC. We've been here all week, really, since what, Wednesday? Yes. Man, and we're rocking. Obviously, we're not in the Nine Line Apparel Studios. The Black Rifle Coffee Hotline is down. We are on the Blaze Radio Network, and we're glad to be there. And we've been. It's been a. Maria was a fantastic guest. Oh, we, we've had tons of great guests, and another great guest sitting in front of us right now. Absolutely, Scott Husing is here. A brand new book called. Well, you just took it. How, oh, let's show it to the camera. What? Echo and Ramadi. It's already on the bestseller list. It just came out like a week ago. Not the, even a week not ago. Not even a week ago, the 20th. I mean, it's fantastic. We met Scott at SHOT Show, and I'll tell you, I'm ready to dig into this book. I have not read it yet, and Thanks I apologize for being here, Scott. because yeah, it's my you pleasure. have all these books, but yeah. it's a great book, I hear. So tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, well, it's uh, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, great meeting you guys at SHOT Show. Uh, this is pretty sedate compared to SHOT Show, wouldn't you agree? Yes, yeah. today is. Today, the last today. couple days yeah, have not been, been so sedate. It's been, it's been busy, but yeah, uh, yeah it's, it, it's great. Uh, I'm very fortunate to be on the program and talk about the book because uh, it's really an honor to have written this story about my Marines and the soldiers that fought with us in the deadliest city of Iraq in 2006. But it's more than just a war story. It's it's obviously about the fighting and the friction and and the pain and so, even some of the laughter of it all under the worst conditions. But it's also about the families that supported us and our amazing Gold Star families that continue to support us this day. And you know your previous guest Maria was talking about that you know the angel moms and you know yes. how, how hard it is. I, I don't care how it, you lose a kid. If you lose a kid, that's just an uh, an unspeakable trauma. Yeah. And to be so connected to this day, uh, to my Gold Star families, uh, they're doing their annual uh, remembrance up in San Francisco right now at the Marines Memorial Club. And today I woke up, best picture I could get is my Gold Star moms in San Francisco with a banner on Facebook saying, Scott, we miss you. Congratulations on the book. Oh, because there's so much written about them in that book. It's yeah. just not about the fighting and the friction, although that was that's certainly important. And I think... The second battle of Ramadi and, and the fight for that city overall was a very important battle that I didn't want to have fallen in the shadows of other great battles that we've endured, the Fallujahs and the Baghdads and everything that's happened in Afghanistan and Helmand Province and the Horn of Africa. But it's very significant. Well, Scott, and thank you, first of all, for your service. We certainly appreciate that. You were actually there. You were there on the front line seeing this, and that's how this book came about. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 my story. It's also the Marines' story, and it, you know, I did seventy-five interviews with the Marines and the families and the soldiers that fought alongside of me, as I commanded one of the units as part of the surge strategy in two thousand six that was ordered by President George W. Bush, David Petraeus, um, to flood the battle space with additional forces, tens of thousands. My unit was just a small part of that as we fought alongside our Army brothers under the 1st Brigade Combat Team, the Ready 1st, and then 1-9 Infantry, Manchu, love those guys, some switched-on soldiers. And my Marines were thrust into that environment, which was, at the time, literally the deadliest city in Iraq, because that's right. just where the insurgents decided to take a stand. Be over the course of the last several years leading up to 2006, it had become this giant game of whack-a-mole, literally. We'd hammer them down in yep. Fallujah. We'd hammer them down in Najaf or Tikrit. And in 06, that's where they decided to, to stand again, in Ramadi, when we had to retake the city. So when we went back in, it was street to street, house to house, sector by sector, day in, day out. These young 20-year-old kids, sergeants and corporals, 
that I was tasking to do these superhuman acts every single day continued to fight two, three, four, five times a day in battles lasting up to five hours a, at a time. And the way they performed with such lethality, doing it, it with such honor just makes me extremely proud to, to tell their story. Well, it's incredible, and I'm assuming you're talking about this. This was part of the surge, correct? It was. The, the big surge, the go-back to take back Ramadi, and it was also very successful. It was. And, you know, I often get asked, I often get asked a question, Chris, like, you know, did we win? You know, what, what was winning? We never had a bumper sticker that said, you know, you know, winning is this. Or we never had orders that said, hey, you have to achieve this metric to call it a win or call it a victory. Right. You know, we've had that. Everybody's seen it. What is winning? Right. Well, we won. We won Ramadi. And if you want to compare it to historical examples like in Vietnam, during the Tet, on how we surged and really hammered back an insurgency, we won Ramadi. I don't care what anyone says. Yeah. And despite the fact that after we pulled out, we handed it back over to the Iraqis and essentially, as I've said, punted it through the grandstands of life because they weren't ready. They weren't ready to take control. We took off that iron fist too soon and put on the velvet glove. They didn't have stability. They didn't have a government that could sustain uh, a presence and have this continuity or the infrastructure to right. really establish it. And look back. None of, none of us need a crystal ball in right. 07 when we left country. 2015, May, where did ISIS rear its ugly head first? Yep. Right there. Right Ramadi. Back, exactly. Capital of Al-Anbar province. It, it was no shock to us. And, we, you know, none of us who fought, bled, and, and sacrificed get our feelings hurt that they lost that. Because, you know, we're not fighting strategies. We weren't fighting policies. We were fighting the enemy. And that's what the Marines were good at. You know, our mission was to kill or capture anti-Iraqi forces, and that's what they did day in and day out. You said good at, I, I need to correct you, the best that has ever existed at it, okay? That's how it is with the Marines. Because you guys, once again, there was no doubt you, you won the battle. And then the other thing, too, is when you got Trump came in, we saw we pulled out and was 07, and then Trump, the ISIS kind of rolled in. They started back in Ramadi and were taking over swaths of the country. They're virtually eliminated again because of why? The fighting forces, just like Ramadi. You yeah. the book, Echo and Ramadi. We're talking with Scott A. Husing, by the way. And this is on the bestseller list. Yes, it is. Already. Yeah. yeah, thanks to great supporters I've had. I mean, just this network, being on programs like Conservative Cartel and allowing me to share this story, share this message, are really instrumental in getting this. Because, you know, it's important. And I'll tell you why it's important. Because mainstream media is not covering stories like this. I was very, very lucky to be on, uh, invited on Fox and Friends to launch the book with Brian Kilmeade. Yes. And, and, you know, to have that platform. And uh, But we don't see that enough. Because what's important for all listeners to understand is we're still fighting in Iraq. Oh, absolutely. We're yeah. still fighting in Afghanistan and the Horn of Africa. And what astounds me, and I just came up with a simple yet brilliant idea, uh, is that it's an odd comparison that uh, we can't shave off eight minutes of any two, three-hour news segment on mainstream media to honor what our guys are doing in the oh. current fight. But most Americans will spend 50 bucks at the movies and an hour and a half of their lives to watch a film about actors acting like heroes. Oh, We've yeah. got our own. That's we right. don't need Hollywood to do this. And to, for them to essentially, you know, pilfer those stories that are the real stories of our American heroes really bothers me. And I think that more stories like uh, Echo and Ramadi and, and all, all of my brothers in the Patriot Authors uh, Network that, uh, you know, we're this coalition of forces of authors like Scott McEwen and Robert Vera and Josh Montz. 
we've decided to come together yes. and promote each other's work. And that's why all of our books are bestsellers because we refuse to be marginalized by mainstream media. Well, in, you guys are part of it, and in, thanks. In the Thank end, you. Scott, you Love hit it right on it because we do the same thing at the cartel here. Conservatives need to get together. The left does it. And, and we honor our heroes, and we appreciate the fact that you, you served and, and yeah. gave us the right to do that. One quick question because we're running out of time. Sure. Why did you write this book, for one, and then tell everybody where they can find you? I don't answer the question, why did I write this book? I write, answer the question, what was the reason I had to tell this story? And I think it's a different question, to be honest with you, Matt. It, it really is. Um, it, the reason I had to tell this story was to honor the spirit and sacrifice of those guys that I fought alongside. It's their story. It's my story, too. But it, it's very important, not only about the fighting and the families, but also about the struggles that all veterans deal with when they leave the battlefield and the real effects of post-traumatic stress. And it's not some push-up challenge on Facebook. It's not some 22 uh, a day bumper sticker. These are real guys yeah. from my company. I've lost Marines. I buried one last month yeah. and we've buried others. And we talk about that in the book and that's painful. And listeners also need to know that a portion of the proceeds of this book go to help save the brave.org save the brave.org. I'm the executive director. It was started by one of my young war fighters that I fought alongside in Ramadi and we help veterans with post-traumatic stress through outreach programs and connect them because there's no better way to heal than getting guys together who have gone through this and that's what i'm all about fantastic scott where they can where can they find you where yeah, can they buy the book they can buy the book on amazon please go go buy a copy today on amazon you'll not only be getting a great story you'll also be helping veterans of post-traumatic stress uh, the book is doing great um, you can learn more about me and see some pictures of my marines by going to echoinramadi.com Fantastic. Scott, thank you for thank your you time. So We're much. up against the hard break. We'd love to continue to talk. Thank you for Yeah, hey, I'll be back by. on any time you'll we, have me. We, we oh, appreciate buddy. it, and you're always welcome. But uh, Scott Husing, author, Echo and Ramadi, go out and get that book, Amazon.com. Chris? It'll be a movie. It, it, it'll, it it'll should be, be. It should be. It'll be great. But, look, we got more great guests coming up here on the Blaze Radio Network, the conservative cartel. You're going to want to stick around. I think Trevor Loudon's going to join us here next segment. So we're going to talk a little bit of enemies within. The conservative cartel will be right back. The conservative cartel with Matt Locke and Chris Axe on the Blaze Radio Network. On the Blaze Radio Network. Now, here's Matt Block and Chris Axe. Well, welcome back to the Conservative Cartel. This Saturday morning on the Blaze Radio Network, we are live from CPAC, day three. And I mean, the guests just keep rolling in, Chris X. Chris X, by the way, Matt Locke, we're, we're, we're glad you're here. We're not in the Nine Line Apparel Studios here this week. No Black Rifle Coffee Hotline, but show those guys some love. Get out there and buy some coffee or some T-shirts. But joining the cartel here this morning, enemies within, Mr. Yep. Trevor Loudon. It, it, it's a pleasure, sir. Welcome to the conservative cartel. Look, it's a pleasure being on, guys. Great to catch up in person and uh, good to be here at CPAC. And we've talked to you several times. You're part of the Talk America Radio kitchen cabinet. I mean, we love the fact that you have done some great work 
uncovering our government, the, the, the folks that are hiding in it, the stuff that is going on that most Americans have no clue about. Yeah, well, I, I think most, you know, you, Americans live in the freest, richest, most prosperous, most benevolent country in the world. And they, they, they are very trusting people, very uh, open people. And I think a lot of Americans, unlike most Europeans, have real problem, for, you know, thinking of bad guys in their own government. You know, guys who are actually malevolent, guys who would actually bring the country down if they can. And see, there, there are no security checks in Congress or the Senate. So your enemies have been steering people into your government for a very long time. And I, and I say there's probably about 100 members of your House right now and, and more than 20 members of the U.S. Senate who are so enmeshed in neo-communism or Muslim Brotherhood front groups, they couldn't pass an FBI background check to drive a school bus. Hang on just a second, because you said yeah. 100 members of Congress, which is 25%, by the way, yep. and 20 members of the Senate, which is 20%. So you're saying 20 to 25% of our Congress has people who do not have America's best interest in mind. Yeah, I, I think they are working with socialist groups, Muslim Brotherhood groups, communist groups, and that is why you have a nuclear deal with Iran. That is why you have normalization relations with Cuba. That's why you had Obamacare rammed down your throats. That's why you have this big push for illegal immigration amnesty and mass refugee resettlement in your Midwest, because you have people in your government who are basically working hand-in-glove with enemies of this country. And that's something most Americans really struggle to get their heads around. You know, tying right in with that, and I think it's just the one maybe you didn't mention, is the whole Iranian deal, dropping off tons of cash, little cash, with this Iranian deal in the middle of the night. The, the, I, I think you can, you're dead on. Yeah, look, the, there's no logical reason for that other than that elements of your government have the enemy's interest more at heart than your own country. They're so in bed with the Iranian lobby, uh, with the Marxist groups. You know, the Communist Party USA was talking about an Iranian deal well before the Democrats started talking about it. If you, know what, if you want to know what the Democrats are going to talk about tomorrow, you read the Communist Party newspaper today. Because what they're talking about today is what the Democrats are going to be pushing tomorrow, next week, next month, whatever. And so you have elements that are working for the other side. Well, and you don't even have to say the name Bernie Sanders. You no. don't have to say that yeah, or Hillary Clinton. Look, Bernie Sanders is out there. But, you know, people say honest Bernie, right? Well, yeah. no, he's not honest because he says he's a democratic socialist. And the difference between democratic socialism and full-on communism is about five to ten years. <laughs> you know, oh. Bernie Sanders has been working with the Communist Party USA with pro-Soviet elements, Cubans, Nicaraguans, oh. for decades. This guy is a hardcore communist but he's got all these young kids thinking wow it's going to be like sweden where we have all the freedom and prosperity we have now plus plus a whole bunch of free stuff you know bernie sanders is a pro-cuban marxist he's a tyrant he would be a tyrant just like fidel castro is if he ever got power and that's what they're trying to shove down our throat and, and, and the person who came to my mind was bill de blasio yeah, and he has Cuban ties and all that stuff. And these liberals, 
they they want socialism so they can be on the top because yeah. the people on the top of socialism do very well. Oh, look, people say, "Oh, communism, socialism doesn't work." It works brilliantly. <laughs> Because it is not about sharing the wealth. It's not about making everybody equal. It's about concentrating the wealth and power in very few hands. That's right. At the and, top. And, and, and it's, it's a great system for those who are beneficiaries of it. You know, who's the richest person in North Korea? Who's the richest man in Cuba? Venezuela. Who's the, or Venezuela. Yep. Every one of these communist countries, uh, Putin and Russia. The elite control everything, and yes. they do very, very well. You know, so, yeah, communism works great. Yeah, and going back to Bernie, you're right. All of these young kids that are being indoctrined in the colleges to believe that, oh, he's harmless. Look how sweet Bernie is. Look how nice he is. That man is a threat to our very existence in this country because you're right. He's a Marxist. He's a communist. You can call it whatever you want, but when you look at what he does and what he stands for, how does he live his life? Oh, he's got his two or three homes that are really yep. nice. Yep. He's got his $100,000 vehicle or whatever it is, but that's not what he wants for you or Matt No, or No, no. He, look, the, he is a complete hypocrite. You know, Democratic Socialists of America, the largest Marxist group in this country, which runs Bernie's operation yes. completely. You know, he's been a member of that organization. But all of the front groups that come off that Our Revolution, all Democratic Socialists of America fronts, they're running 17 candidates in Texas alone posing as Democrats. Yeah. So why are they running socialist candidates posing as Democrats? Why aren't they out there in Texas running as the socialists and Marxists and communists that they are? Because they are liars and deceivers. That is why, and Bernie Sanders is the king of the liars and deceivers. Well, Trevor, you said something very interesting in a, in a, a show before. We've talked to you about this. You talked about Alabama when, when um, oh, Judge Moore ran yeah. and Doug Jones, and you, you were saying something about Muslims in Alabama making a difference in that election. What did you mean by that? Well, look, Doug Jones won that election by 20,000 votes. The head of care in Alabama, and I've just forgotten her name offhand, boasted in a left-wing website, said, we mobilized 20,000 Alabama Muslims to vote, and we know they all voted for Doug Jones. See, Alabama is the microcosm of what they're planning to do. The left's plan is very simple. In the next election, first they've got to trash Trump like crazy. Oh, right. You know? They That's, have to. They, they have to do that. But the other thing they're going to do, they're going to reinvigorate the Rainbow Coalition of the 1980s. Jesse Jackson's scheme where you get the progressive whites, the progressive blacks, progressive Latinos, progressive gays, progressive Muslims, progressive Native Americans, progressive Asian, Asian Americans. Black, white, black, brown, yellow, green, red, lavender, you know, the Rainbow Coalition. What they are doing right now is pouring huge amounts of resources into North Carolina, into um, Arizona, into Georgia, Florida, and Texas, because these are all states with very large black or Latino populations yes. that don't vote. Now, they did this in Alabama. When Roy Moore was damaged, they poured all the people into Alabama and signed up hundreds of thousands of black, Latino, Muslim-American voters, and they won. This is the pattern. This is what they plan to do in those five southern states. Wow. And, and that's how they plan to win 2018 and 2020. To confirm everything he just said, being from Texas, 
there's a, a, a organization called Battleground Texas. Yep, yep. Yeah. They're the blue. They're turning Texas blue. blue. And and he was talking about there's the Castro brothers. Yep. They come yep. out of the o- San Antonio area. Julian and and oh, I keen, yeah. Exactly. Knows these guys. Their mother started the race, La Raza. Yeah. Big La Raza. Yeah. But what they're doing, now you've got this guy. We, we, we saw Ted Cruz speak yesterday. Now you've got this guy, Beto O'Rourke. He's yeah. a white dude who goes by Beto, okay? Yeah. Because his name was Robert So in Texas. Makes sense. He, he's this hardcore leftist. He's going to be funded by Battleground Texas. He's already raising more money than Ted Cruz. And yeah. where's this money coming from? It's coming from out of state. It's all coming. And right now they're doing a... Um, Soros is backing in San Antonio, is backing, um, uh, is trying to win a, a, a district, district attorney race there because you've got actually right. got a Democrat there who's a hardcore conservative standing against sanctuary cities. So you've got money coming in there to, to beat this guy in the primary. You have got huge resources coming to Texas through Battleground Texas, Our Revolution, and many others, and they are working, working, working in the black, Latino, Asian-American, Muslim-American communities. Trevor, we would love to keep going. We're up against a hard break, dude. We're out of time. It's fantastic. Thank you for stopping by. Enemies Within, go out and see that. Trevor Loudon, make sure you check him out. The Conservative Cartel. We're back next hour. More guests. Stick around. Much more to come. Look, right This is The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Chris Axe on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, welcome back to Hour 3 already of the Conservative Cartel, what? live on the Blaze Radio Network alongside of Chris X. I am Matt Locke. We obviously are on location at CPAC, National Harbor. We are not in the Nine Line Apparel Studios. There is no Black Rifle Coffee hotline. But sitting across from us once again, great guest here. I've got a young man who played the national anthem on his guitar today, 14 years old, Kenny Kakady. Welcome to the Conservative Cartel, young man. Thanks for having me, Mr. Locke. Oh, Mr. Locke. He called me Mr. Locke. That's un- you my, are an old man. I, I'm, that's my dad. You can call me Matt, but thank you okay. for being so polite. Now, thank Kenny. You. He's still an old man, Kenny. You, 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 co- you come to us via Cowboy Logic Radio, yes. Don Newen, Donna Fiducia, great friends of ours. How in the world did you get to play the national anthem this morning? So um, my dad's always been interested in politics, and um, I used to do taekwondo. And on the car ride back and forth, he'd always have Marco Van playing. And this was like when I was, oh, I don't know, probably eight. And um, eight. Yeah. So I, I just kept, I kept hearing it, and then my passion started growing, and um, I started getting into it, um, doing some reading, and I mean, I became really passionate. And he's lucky enough to keep talking. Oh, okay. Yep. Keep talking and, to the mic um, so we can hear. So yeah. he's he's been coming here uh, pretty often, and uh, I've been lucky enough to join him. Well, nice. and obviously you're a musician. You play guitar. Yes. Yeah, can you give me lessons? I play guitar too, but I don't know if I can do the national anthem here in front of everybody. <laughs> so, so, yeah, how did it, so you ended up getting that, and then you played this morning? Yes, I did this morning at 9.30. Were you nervous? A little bit, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say. How, how long have you been playing guitar? Uh, since I was eight years old. Wow, so you've been playing, was it six years now? Six years, yeah. Six, man, I've been playing a lot longer than that. I've, I'm not playing the national anthem here. Well, I'm going to tell you something right now. I've always loved politics. But I wasn't listening to politics at eight years old. Yeah. I, I can tell you right now, I, I did not listen. But <clears throat> excuse me, 
Fuck, a little frog uh, in my throat. I was going to say, you've been talking for three I've days I've been talking straight. for three straight days, so my voice is about ready to fall out here. But, but Kenny, what, what are your passions? I mean, you obviously follow politics. Yes. Tell us a little bit about what, what you, you see in politics as a young person. Mm -hmm. So um, when I follow politics, I try to remain uh, patriotic but not political. Um, I feel like that's more unifying and, um, I mean, patriotism, I mean, no one can fight with patriotism. I mean, that's like, patriotism is like the founding of our country. It's Absolutely. like the foundation. It's, yeah. So I try to stick to that. Couldn't agree with you more. If you don't love our country, well, then how can you possibly be political if you don't even love the country? And I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think that's part of Donald Trump's appeal. He's very much a patriot. And he, he, that's rising in a lot of people. We've seen that go away in the last few years. Mm -hmm. A lot of politicians have gotten away for it, standing up for other countries, other people, and all that stuff, saying it's, it's a global world. Well, you know, we love the planet. We love the world. But we love our country because we're the world leader. And uh, as far as uh, – so you listen to Mark Levin, that kind of stuff. Yes. What, what are the other shows you listen to? Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity. Um, well, I do a lot of reading. Um, well, so, that's good. Yeah, uh, that's very good. So, like the Art of the Deal, Atlas Shrugged, those, those kind of books. Well, Anne um, Rand, awesome. Anne yeah. Rand, I'll tell you what, that is a fantastic book, by the way, and it's thirteen hundred pages. So yeah. you just don't tackle that in a day. I love that book, but it's yeah, fan it's, it's fantastic. So what what has motivated you? I mean, you talked about freedom. You talked about loving this country. I mean, you are a young man, and, and you know as well as I do. And we're very captivated by the fact that there are a bunch of really smart young people running around CPAC. I mean. It is so fantastic to see that the younger generation is picking up that mantle. Why do you feel that you need to do that? I feel that there is hope for Generation Z um, or whatever. Z. I think it's yeah, Z. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I feel like that, that could be the hope for our country. So I'm trying to reach out to the people in my, in my peer group to, uh, to pay attention. You absolutely Man. are the future. I mean, absolutely. I, well, here's the other thing too. You mentioned you're politically active. You you obviously pay attention. You're informed, which is far better than I would say most kids three times your age. So there's that. But also, as you grow older, is what what do you plan to do? Because you're a musician. You're yeah. political. You're active. You're reading. You're doing all this stuff. What do you want to do? Say when you get old like Matt. So my goal. <laughs> <laughs> My goal is to unify through my music, um, to try to unify everyone. Um, I mean, because everyone can channel emotion. Like, they can feel emotion through music. I mean, everyone that I've met. And um, I feel like that's one, the one great unifier um, to bring our country together. No, you're absolutely so, right. Music that's my is, way. It touches people's souls. There's something about music that's magical, and not a whole lot of people can, can, can do that, especially, and you're able to channel your talent. And if you're already playing events like this, I can't even imagine what you're going to be doing here in the next few years. Thank you. Well, amazingly, it, it, it is amazing just the level of your maturity at 14 years of age. I mean, most kids are out, you know, playing with their friends. They're playing video games. Yeah. You know, they're not worried about politics. So do you play any other instrument other than uh, a guitar? Yeah, so I took piano since I was four. Oh, goodness. Um, yes, he did. Wow. And, uh, I mean, I... I did a little bit of school band and stuff like that, but my main main focus is on guitar. Now, do you sing? I do sing. Oh, yep. there it is. I've got Man. a new album and everything. A so new yeah. album. Yep. Wow. Can people buy it yet? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's on it's on iTunes and um, it's called Selfless. There you go, Selfless. Well, a band. And he's a already got albums out. I mean, he's got albums out. He's playing guitars and the national anthem at CPAC. Yep. I, I, Hey, it's nice to know you now. Remember your friends later, okay? Yeah, Remember that the cartel put you on the scene, please. Hey, I have a, you know, one question before you take off is, what are you going to do when you're the next president of the United States? <laughs> right. Oh, thank you for that. <laughs> I mean, we, we made him speechless. I know. We finally made him speechless. It's hard to do. Well, I guess the good thing is when you are president, you can, you can bring your guitar out and play. Yeah, you can just rock out in the White House. I'll tell you what, Kenny, thank you for stopping by. We certainly yeah, appreciate, appreciate it. Appreciate your time and, this morning, and, and Kenny. Look, 
you're a smart young man. Keep Thank up you. that fight. And, yeah. You know, you got a peer group here that you've got to lead. Younger, younger, the younger generation needs to be in this fight. Our country's important, mm-hmm. and it's fantastic to see young men like you doing that. So thank you. Thank you so much. You can. Oh yeah, can I oh, give you a website? Give the oh, website. Yeah, awesome. oh, I'm, I'm sorry, we're all, all right. dumbfounded by it. Uh, KennyKakady.com. And that's K A K A T Y. Yes. There you go. Yep. Or you can also find me on Facebook. Kenny there, there it is. Facebook, yeah, yeah. The, the social media. Kenny, thank you. Thank you so much. For stopping by the cartel. We certainly appreciate it. You're a, you're a wonderful young man. Thanks so much Keep for having me. Keep up the great work. Keep right? up the music, you. too. That's, you're right. That brings people together. It's a huge thing. It's a huge talent. So Thank you. Man, you're this good already. I can't even imagine how good you're going to be about seven years from now. You guys are too Chris. I feel like an underachiever. Right right now, I feel like I've underaccomplished Just everything I've ever tried to do in this like? life. Okay, like. maybe I am. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, hey, we appreciate you stopping by. Thanks for the Thank time. Thank you, appreciate it. it. Good luck with everything. Thank you. Uh, Un- unbelievable. Man. I mean, that's unbelievable and unreal. Sydney, we got one more. In- okay, thank you very much. It, and here, look, it's unre- we, need, we need the younger generation to be plugged in. We, we need yeah. the younger generation to be active. We worry about it. I mean, look, we're older. He called me Mr. Locke, which is just really crazy of all things. Like I'm calling you old and I'm older than Matt. I know. And the amazing thing is, you know, we always talked about this when we were young. You know, our parents were, you know, they wanted us to grow up to be good citizens of this country, to be, you know, to love it, to do those kind of things. That is fantastic to sit there and see that. We, we've got another guest coming up here real soon. We're, we're gonna, we got just a couple minutes left in here. I mean, CPAC, yeah, dude. Uh, and I want to touch on, like I said, him uh, being a musician, and, and we talk about being the future of our country. Absolutely. And to tie back with what we started the show with, this is our future. Oh, absolutely. We have to protect this yes, at all costs. At all costs. This is more valuable than the money in all the banks. This is more valuable by cultivating the artistic side, the analytical side. There's balance in the universe with this. Yes. And what happens is these kids are going to have kids like him. Other kids are going to listen to him. Yes. Because he's going to lead the way. He can be a leader. That's right. He's already focused. He already knows what he's doing. He's got his act together. He's already a fantastic musician. This kid can touch so many people and help. Drive, and look where he is politically. Oh, absolutely. He, he's not obviously he's educated and he reads. That shows a whole lot about where his political affiliations lie. Oh, and it's so fan. Look, I mean, he's been listening to talk radio since he was eight. What better education could you get than listening to the likes of Mark Levin, Glenn Beck, Rush Limbaugh, yeah. uh, Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram? I mean, Matt all- Locke, Matt Locke, the conservative cartel. Uh, yes, uh, but, look, but don't listen to Ron Phillips. No, that, don't listen to Ron that, Phillips. He'll lead you the wrong way every time. I mean, time. every time. In it's fact, am- we need to make sure that kid doesn't get anywhere near Ron. <laughs> it's gonna be, he'd end up in a bar somewhere. <laughs> Dancing on a, a table <laughs> with a little hot toddy. Yeah, we, we know how Ron Phillips rolls. Yeah, he's Ronnie but playing. I'll, I'll tell you Actually, what. Actually, he's playing a lot. I, I'm going to say it. My, my faith is renewed that there are young people out there today that can 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 do what he has done and, and, and to be part of – a, a system that needs him. Yeah. Well, and, and you, you touched on this as well. We got this young kid here. That, again, he was a fantastic musician. He's playing the National Anthem here on his guitar. But we talked about how many of these young people we have seen at this event. This CPAC event, I have seen, I've seen more young people than anything else. Oh, I know. I am so it just – it makes me – it's restoring my faith yes. in this country. We have this many young people that are interested in conservatism, conservative values, bringing things. It's incredible. Chris, it's going to take kids like Kenny, kids like Cabot Phillips, what we did yesterday. I mean, he's a kid, by the way, yeah. to go into these liberal universities, these indoctrination centers, and change the narrative. Absolutely. Change the education system and, and challenge these 60s hippie professors that want to tell you that socialism is the way to go. I mean, Trevor Loudon hit right on it. My yeah. God, we're, we're at the end of another segment. 
It's unbelievable. Right, Look, call, take a breath. Calm down. All right. I know it's going fast. I know it's crazy. We got to relax because we got more guests. We're not done. I know it's unbelievable. Coming up next, we've got Gerald Frost from the University of Alabama. Yes, sir. And we're going to talk some opioid crisis. So you're going to want to stick around. The conservative cartel rolls on this Saturday morning. The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Chris Axe on the Blaze Radio Network. Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Chris Axe. Darn straight it is. Welcome back to the Conservative Cartel here live from CPAC. I am Chris X along with Matt Locke. We're glad to have you here with us on our final day of CPAC. This is it. Yep. This is the last day. We're soaking it in, having a great time. We're obviously not in the Nine Line Apparel Studios. The Black Rifle Coffee Hotline is down for now because we've got a, just a bevy of guests. It's been one after the other. We're trying to roll as many as we can. Absolutely. In here, but, but it, and we've had some, that kid. We're talking about so many young people here at CPAC. And, and with having Kenny on, this young 14-year-old kid that played the, the national anthem on his guitar, we have seen tons of young people here at the conservative political action conference gives me hope for the future and we're not done we got more yeah they're younger than we are let's put it that way well everybody's younger than you man that is true that is true <laughs> so who's our next guest chris I, I, you know what i'm gonna let you take this one because okay. uh, as we were rolling well, with the, the, the last segment i'm still enthralled with kenny and that a 14 year old kid playing the national anthem well I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm gonna tell you a little story about our guest that we have on here uh gerald and you want you say your last name i don't want to butcher uh, it. gerald frost. frost okay so yesterday i'm walking around and, and, and i'm talking to everybody and, and this young man i say he's a young man because he's a junior in college more kids he, he walks up to me and i was so impressed he's like who are you with? Here's what I do. Can I talk to you? And I'm like, yeah. So, so Gerald, what do you do? Who are you with? So uh, I'm uh, Gerald Fraz. I'm the president and co-founder of Students for Opioid Solutions. It's an IRS-approved uh, 501c3 organization uh, dedicated to mobilizing pre-existing networks of student activists on college campuses to lobby uh, their administrations to adopt proactive policies towards uh, opioid overdoses. We're facing Wait, a crisis nationally. Yeah, where have we seen that opioid crisis? Oh, everywhere. I mean, crazy, everywhere. right? Exactly. Uh, and the reality is, is you've got a bunch of 20-year-olds, 18-year-olds on a college campus. They're going to be experimental. They're going to do dumb stuff. They're going to do yep. it too much. Uh, and the reality is, is they're starting to die in their dorms. Uh, and then the RAs uh, and the individuals we call upon to be responsible in those situations are ill-prepared. They haven't had time to adjust to this newfound opioid epidemic. Uh, so you have an RA who's prepared in alcohol poison. You have an RA who's prepared in CPR even. Uh, but he can't recognize an overdose to save his life, uh, and he can't recognize it to save someone else's life. Um, so that's where we step in. Well, this I think you're at a really good place because you're starting out in the universities, and as you mentioned, there are a lot of young people, 18 to 20, 22, 24-year-olds, and they tend, you're right, they, a lot of kids, and there's nothing against kids, but a lot of them, they're more concerned with what they're going to do on the weekend and go party, and as you mentioned, drinking, some of the other things. Well, there are a lot of people playing, and they're, it's terrible, but they're playing with these opioids. Sure they are. And it's become, as they say, a crisis in our country, so it's good to have an organization. How did you get started, and what made you decide, hey, I want to get involved with something like this? So this was an idea 
idea I had on the uh, the back burner. I was the college Republican state chair in Alabama, finished out my term and said, it's time to do something with this opioid idea. Let's take it as big as we can because it's a very pressing issue. Uh, so I mobilized, called a few friends down in uh, San Antonio, Texas, said, let's start a business. Let's make it a 501c3. Let's, uh, let's get to work. We know people. Let's do this. Uh, you have all these kids na- nationally who are looking to change the world. Uh, well, here's, here's the tools. Here's how you do it. Well, and that's, fan- you know, Gerald, that's fantastic, too, because we've watched here as we've seen the younger generation, your generation, step into this platform of not only conservatism, but leadership. Mm-hmm. And we always need that next generation to come and do that. And, and you only hear from the mainstream media about all the propaganda, you know, in college. And we don't hear a lot of good things coming out of these institutions. How many people are involved with this and how many people help you? So as of right now, we're looking at about 100 campuses we have established contact with, got someone rolling, starting to analyze the channels through which they would do this. Uh, we've seen a legislative impact through student governments at about five to seven schools right now, uh, depending on which committee they're in and if it's passed on the floor. Uh, and a lot of schools, when we reach out to them, we say, well, here's some students who want you to change things. Here's how you can do it. Here's a template. Uh, a lot of schools have actually said, let's just adopt your policy. So by being there, we're seeing an impact at about 30 schools, which you add up the students. We're looking at well over 200,000 people, uh, students wow. impacted. That's nice. Uh, and then if you add up those 100 schools, I mean, it's well over 2 million. That's incredible. The website is uh, opioidsolutions.org? Yes, sir. And that's uh, obviously if people who are listening or watching on Facebook with the Conservative Cartel page or the Liberty Eagle, they can go and find out more information there because th- this isn't just an issue that affects kids in college. It affects a lot of people, but I, I have a feeling this could be rampant on a lot of college campuses. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, schools would, would rather give you the facade that they are a Disneyland where nothing bad ever happens right. to your kids. Reality is, if, if I was a parent, I'm going to assume this at the age of 21, uh, I would rather know my kids are in safe hands, well-prepared hands. Uh, and by doing this, schools can assure that parents feel comfortable sending their children to these schools. We're not there to babysit them, but we're there to make sure they don't die. Well, just to add to what you just said, mm-hmm. I remember the young man that died at Penn State partying and, and, and yeah. his friends left him and no one was prepared so what are your what is your solution what, what have you guys come up with to combat this opioid so we we offer a few solutions we we have taken approach of we're neither encouraging drug use nor dissuading drug use you're 20 years old you're going to experiment you're going to do dumb stuff uh instead we ask that schools step in and say your ra is considered someone responsible for these students let's get them trained in uh, recognizing an overdose uh let's introduce a good samaritan policy so if two kids are taking pills uh and one of them starts to od the one doesn't feel like he's going to go to jail if he gets arrested. Uh, that kid needs help, and by scaring him to death, we're killing one person, and we're uh, not getting him the help he needs. Uh, both of them need help, actually. Uh, so we have the Good Samaritan policy, the RA preparedness. We're looking to get the campus police a lot more prepared, too. You're seeing a lot of campus police forces actually start to do this, but the fact they're just starting, it's too late. Uh, and then furthermore, there's a substance called naloxone. Uh, it is a nasal spray or an injection, kind of like an EpiPen, uh, where it'll filter into your brain. Opioid drugs bind two receptors in your brain and kind of relax the muscles. And uh, uh, naloxone comes in and it wipes off those opioid receptors, uh, keeps them clean. So it stops the overdose for at least 20 minutes or so. It's enough time to keep them alive. Uh, so by getting this simple nasal spray, that's, it's a nasal spray. How hard is it to use? Uh, in the hands of the RAs or the campus police, we can have people who are readily available to administer. It. Wow, that's that's pretty amazing to have someone yep. to step in. And it, like I said, in a situation where someone is overdosed, the quicker you can get to them and apply something like this, the better chance they're going to survive. Yes, sir. So who came up with this drug? How did you find out about it? The naloxone substance? Yes. Uh Interestingly enough, I, I couldn't actually tell you the history of naloxone. Uh, it's a complicated substance, uh, but it, it's interesting that it is sold both by the company that makes the opioids uh, and other companies. So the okay. person who pushes the drug is also the person who sells the solution. And, and that's why I asked you, because yeah. normally that's the way it is. Big mm. Pharma it has their hands in this. And look, we're, we're in a day and time now 
where our youth is overmedicated. Oh, yeah, I mean, all these drugs that are thrown at you for, you know, ADHD or depression or anxiety, you know, we've got all these pills that these kids are popping at an earlier and earlier age. And we're running, like you said, we're running into this epidemic where, you know, look, I was a college kid. I may have experimented once or twice. I Busted. Mean, crazy. We all do it. We're all idiots. We think we can, you know, we're bulletproof. We can do whatever we want. How can people help you? How can they find you? And what can they do? So if it's a college student who wants to help us, they are exactly our demographic. Uh, we would like them to reach out, uh, opioidsolutions.org. Uh, my email is leadership at opioidsolutions.org. Uh, send us an email. We will get you the legislative template. We'll tell you what you need to do to start mobilizing on your campus. It's not a big organization. It's not even a big time commitment. You just need to say you need to be outspoken about this issue. And by raising the point, most people will recognize, yes, it is actually a problem. Uh, in terms of other individuals, we're a 501c3. We operate on uh, funding. Coming to CPAC here has been incredibly viable because we can talk to those young kids you're talking about earlier. Yep. Uh, we can network. We can build those connections. And if we reach out to even one person on this trip, that's one school that could be 10 lives. Uh, uh, so funding is incredibly a thing for us. Uh, it's a high need. Uh, we are a 501c3, so all, all uh, contributions are tax deductible. Uh, it's worked out very well for us. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I, I was certainly impressed by the fact that you approached me and said, here's what we're doing. Here's how it works. Can I have some time? I mean, keep up that great work. You know, we need more young people outspoken, believing in what they're doing and all that stuff. We certainly appreciate the fact that you came onto the conservative cartel. We hope your message got out far and wide. It's a great message. All right. Appreciate it so much. Any exposure helps. One more person is one more life. Thank you. And, and Gerald, we appreciate the fact you stopped by the cartel. Yeah, appreciate it. Gerald right. Frost, uh, the website, opioidsolutions.org. Yes, and, and I'll, I'll you tell go. you, it's, it's phenomenal once again. You're welcome. Well, how, you. how amazing it is to watch these young people be active. Uh, solutions. Look at this. This what? guy, was, he was 21 years old? Yes, exactly. 21 years old, and look at this, already doing uh, Most kids in college aren't thinking about things like this. Hoping they're, they're thinking about partying and having fun. They're not thinking about solutions to save other college kids' lives especially dealing with something as important as this. Yeah, and, and we've got and, and we've not talked about this this entire show, but we, we have a huge opioid problem in this country, and it's one of the deals that, you know, Trump has been arguing so vehemently about. You know, the drugs are coming across our southern border. Uh, it, that wall, not only is it going to help immigration, it's going to help the flow of drugs. I mean, we're, we're watching as, the, as these drugs are coming in, as, as they're ruining people's lives, as we're seeing what they're doing, and we've got great young people who are taking a stand, who are being active, who are in a leadership role. I'm, I'm telling you, dude, my confidence is renewed yeah. in, in conservatism. You know, if you only listen to the mainstream media, you would never hear any of this. Well, and it was incredible because we had Kenny on in the last segment, and then we had Gerald on in this one. And while he was talking, did you see all the young conservatives oh, walking by? Absolutely. There was a bunch of the younger kids walking. And I, at this at my age, because I am actually older than Matt, when I see a, if you're 30 years old, you're a kid to me. Oh yeah. Until they're you, about 35, you, you, you 40. You are old. I mean, you, you um, are old. I mean, Methuselah called me old. Okay, so uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just telling you. But but no, uh, seeing these these young kids walking around, and these kids are focused. They're I think we hear some now. Yeah, they're, they're hooting that. and hollering, and somebody's down there. I mean, we saw Rick Harrison, or what is it? Mark Levin. Oh, Levin's down oh, there. Oh, Mark Levin. Mark Levin. Maybe the he great wants, one. Maybe the great one would like to be on the program. Yeah, if he uh, wants to stop yeah, by. Looks be. like he's got a crowd. I yeah. think he might be busy. There, well, I know we're on the blaze, and we would never you know, do that kind of stuff, but still. It's fun. And look, we've got great conservatives, and I'll tell you, I saw on the Facebook page, you know, Glenn Beck is a great voice. Rush oh, Limbaugh, Mark Levin, these kids are listening. 
they're they listening are. to these voices. They're hearing these messages. They're, they're putting that into an action plan, and they're becoming very active in their communities, in their colleges, on the dorms. I, I mean, dude, when I was a junior in college, I was not that. You weren't that ahead. I was either. not that. You were on the other end of the opioid crisis. Oh uh, well, no, not on, not on the <laughs> not on the other end. But I, I was not I was not that mature. Yeah, I, no, I just wasn't. Most kids aren't, and that's the, the the maturity level of these kids that are here at the the event, going in and watching them. When we were watching uh, Sean Hannity show the other night and uh, watching it live, and literally the when you, when you set you you've got the stage, you've got the middle section, the left, and then the right. Well, at stage right, or I guess stage left. There, the entire section was filled up with young kids in college. Because he asked the question, how many kids here are in college? And the whole sex section stood up. One-third of that audience watching his show were young people in college. Well, it, amazing. It, it, it is amazing. And look, you know, we're coming up against another heartbreak here at the bottom of the hour. Something we haven't talked about yet. We have not talked about the Mueller investigation, Michael Flynn. But guess what? When we don't know something here at the cartel, we bring in the professionals. So Sydney Powell is going to join us on the other side. And, and, and look, she knows her stuff. She's named names and written a book and prosecuted people. And she's much smarter than you and I are. We're going to talk yeah. about Michael Flynn and Robert Mueller. You're going to want to stick around. It's going to be a fantastic conversation. The, the, the cartel, we're almost done. You better, you better hurry up. we got a couple segments left. That's it for our CPAC trip. So make sure you stick around. The cartel rolls on this Saturday morning. The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Chris X on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, welcome back to the Conservative Cartel. We are live on the Blaze Radio Network. We obviously are on location at CPAC, National Harbor, Maryland. We are not in the Nine Line Apparel Studios. There's no Black Rifle Coffee Hotline. It's because we have fantastic guests that yeah. keep showing up right across the table from us. And our next guest, we have not talked about or discussed this subject yet for the last three days, and it's a huge story. This whole Michael Flynn, this Mueller investigation, this Judge Sullivan but look, do not fret, because when the cartel does not know what we're talking about, which is very seldom, by the way, we go out and get the people who do. And we, wanna, we wanted to welcome to the program Sydney Powell, former prosecutor. What's the name of your book before we get started? Licensed to Lie, Exposing Corruption in the Department of Justice. It reads like a Grisham novel, but it's all true, and it names names, including that of Mueller's lead henchman, Andrew Weissman, who is the primary villain in the book. Mm. Uh, and so Sydney Powell here, she's got the book. You obviously know everybody in that circle. You know what's going on. You've spent years looking at this stuff. Let's talk about Michael Flynn and this whole Mueller investigation, and Judge Sullivan in particular. Judge Sullivan is the person I call the judicial hero in my book because he threw out the corrupted conviction of United States Senator Ted Stevens. 
He held government prosecutors in contempt of court, and he appointed a special prosecutor to investigate the Department of Justice itself. That person, Henry Schulke, produced a 500-page report fully documented showing intentional, pervasive, and systematic misconduct within the Department of Justice. And this was in 2015. Chase. So then Eric Holder, you know, rode in on his white horse, promised to change things and clean up the department. Well, that was a bunch of hooey. It only got worse. It got more opaque. Did they train their prosecutors on Brady? Yes. But they also trained them to decide themselves whether what was uh, exculpatory for the defendant was important to the defense or not. So as long as the government can decide whether it's important to the defendant, you're not going to get it. So Judge Sullivan has entered an order in Michael Flynn's case. He does a Brady order in every case because that's why he, the prosecutors that were before him in the Stevens case could not be prosecuted themselves. I don't want to get in the middle of your thought, but what is the Brady? Explain yes. what that is. So the Brady rule is a constitutional provision based on a decision from the Supreme Court pursuant to the Constitution that says the government, because they hold all the cards, are constitutionally and legally and ethically required to give the defense anything that favors the defense. Okay. Any and, evidence, any statement by any witness, anything that favors the defense. And so why does that play in here? Well, unfortunately, prosecutors violate it all the time. We now know from what Comey testified to Congress that the agents who interviewed General Flynn, which included Peter Stroke, no fan of the Trump administration, we know for that sure, oh, yeah. yes, uh, did not think Flynn was lying. They thought he was telling the truth in the interview. And yet somehow Flynn is compelled to plead guilty to making a false statement to the FBI. So I think there's a significant possibility that General Flynn could and perhaps should withdraw his guilty plea once all the evidence is produced to him and that Judge Sullivan might even dismiss all the charges against him for egregious prosecutorial misconduct. That is certainly what should happen based on what we know now. And I'm hopeful that it will happen. People say, oh, well, Sydney, you know, that's, that's a bridge too far. They could prosecute him on other charges. Well, not if the whole thing is dismissed for egregious prosecutorial misconduct, which it should be. And this, this is why Sydney's here, because for, you know this stuff, one. And I, I, it's interesting because you talk about what, you know, Peter Strzok and you've got Lisa Page and you've got uh, Bruce and Nellie Orr and all of this, this is all remnants of the Obama administration. And you mentioned Eric Holder. Now, you said he rode in on a white horse. I thought he rode in on a Black Panther, but I could be wrong. <laughs> but you, you got this, that culture of corruption, if you will, that pervade the entire, it seemed like every branch of the government oh, yeah. for eight years. Well, I've been saying since 2013 when I started writing the book that Obama has politicized and weaponized every federal agency. RS. There are SWAT teams for every FBI. federal agency under the yeah. Obama administration. Oh, yeah, I mean, what I mean, EPA kicked in people's doors with yeah. armed right. SWAT teams. And the EPA is actually buying bullets. Why would the Environmental Protection Agency need ammo? It boggles my mind. And it's for their rifles. <laughs> right, which are, are illegal <laughs> are under assault. the left. Right. <laughs> and just to be clear, I didn't think Holder rode in on a white horse. He claimed to be riding oh, in good on point. one. Good point. And he actually came in on the Black Panther. Yeah, so. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, I mean, look at the voter for the, the voter intimidation stuff that he exactly. didn't want to follow up. And yes. of course, he wanted to brainwash all of us on guns because that's really the, the right way to do it. But to go back to what you were saying, you've got this, the, these remnants that are still around. 
the, you talk about the, the Peter Strzoks and the Lisa Pages. You, you were talking about people that were set up to try to stop the president from becoming elected, but then now once it, now they're investigating him for, quote, Russian collusion, as we talked about earlier, an investigation in search of a crime, which you mentioned about Mike Flynn. It sure looked like they looked for a crime, and they found one, and they're, are they going to keep looking? Oh, well, I, I hope they're done with Mike Flynn. Yeah. I mean, I hope once the real truth comes out, they are finished with Mike Flynn, and he is exonerated as he should be. I, I hope that retraction comes because when the FBI agents themselves say, oh, we don't think he's lying. Well, then why the hell was the guy indicted? Right. What, 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 what law did he break at that point? So and you, you t- know they threatened to indict his son. Oh, I mean, of course they right. did. Yes. In, in, in their witch hunting. And you said something that stuck with me. And you hear people all the time, you know, and we've got people out there on the right and the left saying, you know, we, we cannot be going after our law enforcement. But you just said it. All of these agencies, the FBI, the CIA, the IRS, all of these places have been politicized. By and weaponized. The, and weaponized. weaponized. So how do, we, how do we counteract that? We have to undo it. We have to just go back and undo every bit of it. The EPA does not need a hit squad. <laughs> a SWAT team. So how do we get this onto Donald Trump's Twitter account? Because apparently that's the only way you can get through the lamestream media. Um, I wish I knew the answer to that, but I mean, <laughs> I, I, I certainly think there are people in there that are working to uncover the truth. And I'm looking forward to the report of the Inspector General Michael Horowitz for the Department of Justice. Yes. It should be coming out within the next six weeks or so. He produced the page stroke take text messages and uncovered those to begin with. I think he's the reason that McCabe has... Uh, retiring early Early, with benefits by the way and that bruce orr has been demoted and a few other things but all those people need to be fired and if the evidence is what it seems to be they need to be prosecuted well you you talk about you know peter struck and all this stuff i can't fathom that they brought these people on of course i I guess we could call them clintonistas or obamaistas now but to bring these people on that not only hated the guy and made it very clear through well, over 50,000 text messages, him and his, his little girlfriend, Lisa Page. But then once the fact that the president was elected, there is no collusion, because even they said it in their text messages, they're still going out after him, trying to bring him down. Is that not maybe, I, I may be going out of limb here, but is that not a government coup? <laughs> yeah, that's what they're trying to do. It's astonishing to me. I've got a T-shirt coming out, hashtag creeps on a mission. Oh, Oh, and it's creeping, too, by the way. (laughs) They're a bunch of creepers. I'm going to bring you guys a couple of them. I love it. I'll tell you, Sydney, we're almost out of time here. Where does this all end up? I mean, in your opinion, where is all this going to end up with Mueller, the IG report, which is huge, by the way? What are we looking at? I hope we're looking at a wholesale clean out of the upper echelon of the FBI and the Department of Justice and or the appointment of a special prosecutor to actually apply the rule of law evenly to both political parties. Wow. And, and one quick, quick question. What a do, you, do you think Sessions is doing a good job? In some ways, yes. In other ways, he's hamstrung. True. True. And you said that, too. You started naming names in your book and people came after you. It's what they do. When you start speaking the truth, when you get that stuff out there, they're going to come after you because they don't have any other way to, 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 to deal with you. Yeah, they've never challenged the accuracy of what's in my book. And it's been out <laughs> since 2014. It wasn't written to help President Trump. It was written to spur criminal justice reform across the board in a bipartisan way because we need it. Yeah. It's so much easier to try to smear your character than it acts to, to disprove facts. Exactly. <laughs> yes. yes. Well, one more time, give us the book and where, where can they find you? LicensedToLie.com. Follow me on Twitter at Sydney Powell, the number one. And I'm on Facebook, too. 
Well, you're doing great work. Thank you for being part of the cartel. You've been on before. Thank you. You're an honorary <laughs> member. Oh, let's, we, we love <laughs> having you. you, and you're so smart anytime because we know you're down there in Texas. So Thank come by you. Our, our studios. We'd love to talk again. Yeah, I'll come out another Saturday morning. That'd be great. There Thanks you go. for what y'all do. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, once yeah. again, Chris, it, it, it's just unbelievable when you start hitting the left with these facts, it, it, and you oh, heard her. Yeah. We bring in the people who know this stuff. It, it, it's they cannot. The left cannot debate the facts. Well, that's why they never want to debate the facts. It's change the subject. It's smear the character. It's attack. It's character assassination, and that's what they do. You try to stand up to them. They're look at what Maria, Sydney. Anybody who goes up and tries to, if you try to buck the system, even if it's for the right thing, man, what happens on the left? They come after the lamestream media. What do they do? They've been going after Trump 15 times a day since he, before he was elected. Yeah. And they're not stopping. Never going to. Look, don't go anywhere. Got one more segment. We've got a treat for you. We've got a very young gentleman going to join us here. Got his own show podcast. I was on it. He does a fantastic job. We're talking about youth. And we're going to have Jacob Kersey. You're going to want to stick around. The cartel rolls on. The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Chris Axe on the Blaze Radio Network. to the conservative cartel with Matt Locke and Chris Axe only on the Blaze Radio Network Welcome back to the Conservative Cartel. You reached the final segment of our final day here at CPAC. We have been here for the, the whole week broadcasting live. Today is the last day of CPAC. We're obviously not in the Nine Line Apparel Studios. The Black Rifle Coffee Hotline is down as we wrap up today's program. We've had a, a nonstop list of guests and fantastic. We've had some older guests, some younger guests, and then we're going to wrap things up with a, with a tremendous young man. Uh, his name is Jacob Kersey. He does, he's kind of one of us in the making. Yes, Matt. yes he's he be, is. He's the future as we say he is the future of talk radio and, and once again we cannot we cannot stress how amazing it is for these young people to be picking up the mantle of conservatism and we're seeing it over and over here i'm going to tell you what it, it's a thrill for me jacob called me about a year year or so ago and he says hey would you be on my program and i said well, absolutely so it's the effingham conservative radio why did you start doing conservative talk podcasts well, I started doing uh, this podcast, one, because young people, you know, a as a high school student, you got four years until you graduate, until you're a senior, about 18, uh, from 14 to 18, you got four years. And a presidential term lasts about four years. And so the things that happen in that presidential term will determine what happens uh, for the future of America, the next election. Um, so a lot of high school students I talk to, they say, well, I'll wait until I go to college. And as you learn from, like, campus reform and other um, college here, uh, other college um uh, groups here that are uh, reporting the bias in American colleges. Uh, if you wait until you go to college, you're really going to get uh, the the liberal media and the liberals there on college are really going to pour their agenda out on you. And so, as conservatives, if you grow up in a conservative home, if you do not get grounded and if you do not know your talking points, when you go to these colleges, they're going to bombard you. They're going to um, bombard you with these intellectual facts. And so that's why I think He's a lot using of air quotes, by the way. <laughs> nice. I love that. Go ahead. Yeah, but uh, I think that's why a lot of our uh, people, a lot of people in colleges, they start out in great homes. They start out around.
around great families who are conservatives, but then they go to college and they lose it because they never really got grounded. So uh, that's what I do in my program. Um, I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to get everything I can to get. So I'm a responsible voter when it's time. And uh, they, yeah, that's the mission of the podcast. What a that's concept right. to be a responsible Man. voter, knowing who you're going to vote for and why. Yeah, well, and once again, him starting so young. You're right. Most people don't even. The reality is, fifty percent of the people in this country don't even vote of of eligible voting yep. age. And then of the fifty percent, the people that vote, another fifty percent are ill informed. You've got how old are you again, Jacob? I'm fifteen. Fifteen years old. He's three years away from voting, yep. and he's already more informed than half the constituency in this country. It, it, once again, and everything you said was dead on. Educating people starting in high school before they go off to college, where often, as, as Barack Obama said, he 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 was attracted to the Marxist professors. Right. There's a lot of socialism. There's a lot of indoctrination. If you have that foundation, that's where it all starts. How did this start for you? You you wanted to start early, and then how long have you been doing your show? Well, I've been doing my show about two years now. I started in July of 2016. I've at first it was just kind of playing around with it, and uh, then when I came to CPAC last year, uh, I went to some of the activism boot camp and some of the stuff there, and uh, a lot of the tips they gave, you know, it really inspired me to hear the speakers and everything, meeting other young people. Um, so I really got into it uh, last year. And uh, throughout this past year, been polishing everything up and just trying to uh, make it better and meeting people, getting people in the program. So, yeah, it's been growing a lot. And, you know, one thing I, I, want, I try to stress on my podcasts um, is that I'm sick of the liberals and the uh, mainstream media telling everybody that the conservatives are against everything and the liberals are for everything. And that's not what – as conservatives, if you claim to be a conservative, you're not always against some stuff. I think we need to understand what we're for. What we're, and getting good policies passed in our government and getting good bills passed, that's a great thing. But then we need to be up there and standing for something. We're for limited government. We're for the Second Amendment. We're for free enterprise because free enterprise is the greatest weapon against poverty. And so um, as a conservative, I want people who listen to my podcast and who want to understand more, I want them to understand what they're for. And that to be a talking place for people to understand um, where, they, where they're standing at and to stop letting the mainstream media uh, lie about them. Well, and you put out something very important that they do. They craft the narrative. And that's why they say, I'm pro-choice, anti-abortion. They do that for a reason. Right. Because they want to, it, you're against this. And they've done that. And you're right. You've got the ABC, the NBC, the CBS, the MSNBC, the CNN, all of these networks that are crafting that language. And now we got the, a young guy like Jacob here who understands, listen, we need to say what we're for. Right. This is. I want you to say the name of your podcast. How people can find it again? Um, it's Effingham Conservative Radio. That's spelled E F F I N G Ham Conservative Radio, and you can find it on the Spreaker Podcast Radio app on your mobile device, or you can download the iHeartRadio app or go to iHeartRadio.com and listen to us there. Um, you can email me at ecradioshow at gmail.com. That's ecradioshow at gmail.com. And we're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at ecradioshow. Wow. There, look yeah. at that. I mean, we could have turned the whole last segment over to Jacob, but we could have went and had some coffee. I mean, fantastic. Jacob, look, keep up the great work. I mean, you've done you. such a great job. We need more young people like you who get it, who understand it. We wish you the best of luck. Thank it, you. You, you. Keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. You're a voice. You're a leader of your time. People will follow you if you lead. 
Yeah, and don't, don't tell Matt I said this, but you're already better than him. So, <laughs> and you're so much younger because Matt's an old guy like me. So. I, I am old, but we, we certainly appreciate it. Thank you, Jacob, for stopping by. Effingham Conservative Radio. Find him on the Spreaker app. I, I heart iHeartRadio, which goes along with the Spreaker app. Go out there and get you some of that. And, hey, if you want to be on this program, check them out. Yeah, sure. Reach out to them on social media. That's right. Reach out to them let you know. Jacob Kersey, thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Jason. And and we appreciate meeting you. you as well. So, Chris, we've got just a few minutes to wrap all this up. I mean, here we are. I think Jacob just wrapped it up. We go home. (laughs) He closed the show. He did fantastic. I I put it out there and I said, look, young man, you're, you're the closer. You're the final leg of the race. Here we are. You, you got to do well. Knocked it out of the park. I mean, just fantastic. But he lived up I, to the pressure. I, I think we can we can sum up this week in, in CPAC and, and the things that have went on here. And they're, they're trying to get a picture of us, so we're going to give a little point here while they're getting their selfie. There, there it is. Go. But you can sum up this meeting it, it is conservatism on display. We, we we've had just my my faith is restored. In the younger generation, I know we say that a lot. We're worried about our kids. We're worried about them growing up. We're worried about their education. We're worried about how they're going to, you know, live in this very tough world. I mean, I would not want to be 15 today. I, I, I mean, I never had it that much together. And it, 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 our society is really hammering on these youths, and they're fighting back. Well, and it's not a coincidence that these young people that are so in tune, they're so educated, they're well-read, they're well-versed, and they're here at CPAC. There, it's not a coincidence that they're attracted to this sort of stuff because this is where like-minded, liberty-minded, yes. intelligent people are showing up. He's not out at some rally throwing rocks. There's a big or mace difference. or pepper spray or oh. sticks yeah. or breaking down barricades or, or breaking personal property, and destroying personal property. Yeah. He's doing a podcast and he's reaching thousands of people already. Yep. And, and he's not even out of high school yet, no. which is incredible. Like I said, he's way ahead of the curve of the average, just like the, the other young man that we talked to who played the national anthem Absolutely. this morning. And, and you mentioned the, 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 the speakers we've had here at CPAC. They've been incredible from President Trump to Ted Cruz to uh, Dana Lash. Dana Lash, who was fantastic yes. the other day. The NRA was here who've been villainized and demon talking about crafting the narrative. Yeah. We've seen all this. Well, I am inspired by all of these young people that we have seen here and what's going on because it's a very – I wasn't here at last year's CPAC, but I heard how it went. Right. It's a very different scene. Conservatism seems to be on the rise in this country. It's being led by Donald Trump now. And it is. An unlikely character, but he's leading the way. And then you've got all these young people. So many young people. They're our future voters. You know what? The left always wants the young people to get out and vote. Yes. And you've heard what I say. I hate when the young people vote. The reason why is because I haven't seen these kind of crowds that are this articulate, this educated, and this informed. Well, and it's, like I said, it's so fantastic. I've enjoyed this immensely. I've talked to so many people that are, that are you know, look, conservatism is a team effort. We're all in this together. You know, the left has all of their their forces marshaled together, and they're going literally to war with us. It's a societal, it's a moral war that we've got to start winning. Our message has to ring true. It has to get out there. We have to fight the propaganda. We have to fight the fake news. And we have to get out there and we have to support conservative causes. If we don't, who knows where this country will be in another 10, 15, 20 years. Well, and, and you said it right. They're at war. The left is at war. The, the leader of the resistance, the person who just lost uh, the last campaign, Hillary Clinton, when asked who her enemies were, she said the NRA, the GOP. She didn't say ISIS. She didn't say al-Qaeda. No. She didn't say the Russians. She didn't say any of that. She said the NRA, 
look who's being demonized every day, and the GOP. Yes. And, and she stands for the entire party. She sure does. And look, that's it. We are at the end of three hours of conservative greatness. Hey, check us out on Facebook, the Conservative Cartel, the Liberty Eagle. I'm the Cartel Matt on Twitter, at ChrisXRadio. Fantastic. We're so happy that you found us. Check out Effingham Conservative Radio. I mean, we've had a great time. Tune in Monday on our Facebook. We'll be back. We'll be all about it. But for now, the conservative cartel is out. This is the conservative cartel with Matt Locke and Chris Axe on the Blaze Radio Network. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand.